there's a chill in the air, and MageCast is here to keep you warm. Good evening, listeners, and thanks for coming back for another show. Whether through coercion or threats or bribery, thanks for listening to MageCast once again. You should check out our new website, which is making improvements daily. Thank you for everyone's support and encouragement in this time of flux. One really cool thing I want to announce is that now we have a storefront on TeePublic, which means you can snag some well-read merch for yourself. T-shirts, stickers, magnets, mugs, posters, wall art, phone cases, hoodies, all crowned with custom art from the Well-Read Mage. Check it out. I'm leaving a link in the podcast description. It's almost Christmas, you know, and I'm not saying that the perfect gift for your loved one is a sweater with a Raid Mage hat on it, but it is the perfect gift for your loved one. So I don't play a lot of horror games because I don't enjoy wearing my own urine. So this is our spooky submission for the month of Halloween. Take it or leave it. It is, however, a very special episode, first and foremost because of my two nocturnal guests joining me to talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night this time around. Sanity Crypto is practically a web personality, a retro gamer, podcaster, and cryptocurrency expert from the Coinboys podcast, who self-admittedly lives on Twitter and knows how to craft some wicked sick gifts, y'all. Oh yeah, spoiler warning, we say y'all a lot on this episode, just wanted to let you know in advance. Eros Elric is a mage and a contributor at our site, as well as an author, an accomplished gamer, and a pro-level cosplayer. Both guests are supporters of this show and the Well-Read Mage concept at large through Patreon. You can support the show at patreon.com forward slash the Well-Read Mage and become a warrior of light for life. Like even if you stop supporting us, you'll always be in my heart. Check it out for all sorts of rewards and insights and announcements, and please consider supporting. All proceeds from crowdfunding go toward beefing up the strength rating of the Well-Read Mage, creating and funding new shows, updating our equipment, securing better performance and plug-in options for the site, and even compensating indie writers. And now it's time to check out the show. Enjoy. Welcome to MageCast. I am Count Moses Norton a.k.a. The Well-Read Mage. Today, we're going to talk about Castlevania Symphony of the Night from 1997 by... Okay, I'm not going to do that. Konami for PlayStation 1. Yeah, oh, <laughs> like the whole podcast just sound like Count Chocula. One, <laughs> two, three. Ah, yes, in the ah, count. Ah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> two annoyed guests. Ah, ah, ah. So, uh, hey. Pod over. Yeah, and that's that's it. It's just a two-second or 35-second <laughs> podcast. Uh, hey, so thanks for joining me this morning, gentlemen. Um, oh, we're thanks going for to having be... me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Man. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? When I was like, hey, let's talk about Castlevania Symphony Night, which was actually Eros' idea, not mine. Mm. Good so, idea. Yeah, thank you very much, sir, for that. Hey, no problem. Yeah, always, uh, always opportunity to talk Castlevania. Heck yeah, and it's the perfect season for it too, right? Ah, so, true. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I when when you mentioned it, and we started to plan it, we were like, okay, we'll do it toward the end of October. Uh, and then I mentioned, I announced that we were going to do it in Discord. And then Sanity jumps on, and he's like, <laughs> yes, "This is yes." I could feel like the the energy behind that. <laughs> I typed in all caps on purpose. That's yeah, right. I was very emphatic. Right, yes. and I don't think I'd ever seen you use caps lock before, so right. I knew it was a big deal. I so, it. And on yes. Twitter, so, and, it just got a huge pop. You know, everyone was saying, "Oh, geez, this is my favorite game ever." Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of uh, questions, a lot of engagement. That was a, uh, it was good, refreshing, yeah, inspiring. Yes. Uh, it was uh yeah it's a very popular title evidently 
But um, let's let's get a, a bit more information on on YouTube before we get started and dive in. Um, so I want to know what you're playing right now, and what are you working on? Any kind of projects, content, uh, concepts, so on and so forth. Uh, we'll start with you, Sanity. Go ahead. Uh, yes. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sanity Crypto. I am uh, I'm that darn bitcoin guy that people complain about and keep posting about that but i'm also a huge retro gamer uh love gaming in general very emphatic about all games in general i'm currently playing uh borderlands 3 uh cranking Ooh. through multiple finishes of that uh, also playing dragon quest builders 2 on the switch nice uh yes uh, when i need my mobile gaming um but then i'm always you know tearing through my my retro gaming and, and trying to participate you know, when I can and support uh, retro, retro Game Brew's high score, yes. all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then projects, uh, I've got the, you know, the Coin Boys podcast that I do with uh, with my co-host there. And we talk about uh, gaming, uh, technology, and cryptocurrency, all kind of interwoven. And we do that every Monday at about uh, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then we do a, a re, uh, an edited re-release and recast uh, later on in the week. Nice. Yeah. You got to get that edited. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, yeah. In post, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, because yeah, people like the visual stuff. You get to oh, see yeah. what you say, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, definitely cool. Well, um, actually, before we get to Eros, I needed to ask, and I forgot. Um, how do you want me to refer to you guys? I could call you Sanity the entire episode if you want, and I could call you. People call me Sanity all day. You can call me Aaron. You can call me Sanity. Most people know me as Sanity on on the interwebs so okay. sanity works just fine okay sanity. And you can just and then call me eros eros okay yeah. gotcha and you guys can call me whatever the heck you want i don't even care yeah um, <laughs> i couldn't yeah i'll probably go. call you red but yeah, i know Moses red, works red's too. always popular yeah there you go red i should just change my name legally to red and then <laughs> yeah, that's right go. red norton <laughs> red that's, norton oh man red norton. then hey, you gotta get a motorcycle cool. dude and yeah a, uh, revolver yeah. oh dude <laughs> Red Norton Redemption. <laughs> uh, I would play that. Yeah, uh, it'll probably be faster paced than Red Dead Redemption. Red it might space. be. Yeah, it might be. It'd be snobbier too, so that's good. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my second guest is Eros Elric, as Hello. you may know him. Yes. Thanks for joining me today, sir. And uh, uh, same questions. Thanks, what are you playing? What are you working on? Uh, well, right now I'm currently playing Mass Effect uh, for N7 Day. Hope to get that review mm. out. Um, just wrapped up playing uh, Ghostbusters the Video Game Remastered for the PS4. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can find me at Twitter at er Eros Elric. I cosplay a lot, so yeah, you, if you see that, you'll find me. Um, and <laughs> I'm just in the process next month i'm going to be hosting a 24-hour video game marathon for extra life which is a fundraiser to help raise money for local children's hospitals so if you go to extralife.com and search saratoga hospital extra lifers uh that's the that's the fundraising team we'll be on that is very cool nice very Good for cool. you man that's great so, oh thank yeah. you thank you so much so you will find that you'll find that among the links in the podcast description here so check that out folks um, yeah, very cool. We were talking about Extra Life too. I've never participated in it before. Um, I think was it like last year or the year before? I wasn't even sure what it was, and then uh, somebody was telling me, explaining what it is, and yeah, that's that's really awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a really cool uh, initiative. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's you know very much a challenge, but uh, when you do it in groups, I think it's a little bit easier because you can kind of round robin it uh, between titles, which is you know it's like it's almost like you're doing a, a, a landline party. Is that what they call it? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throwback. Yeah, <laughs> landline. I don't think. Oh no, I've been to one landline party. I didn't play because they were playing Halo, and I'm, I suck at that game. But oh. uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I know if you if, if you're not good at Halo, you're gonna have a bad time. Okay? <laughs> hey, the nachos were good though. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Little I knew victories. what I was about. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, cool. Uh, as for myself, I'm playing. Um, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD on Wii U right now. Oh, I need Still. to play that. I've never yeah. played Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. I know. Well, yeah, play the Wii U version if you can. Okay. Such a pretty uh, that, game. Yeah, that HD. I've heard it's superior game. for the end part, too. They have a slight modification. Yes. That's supposed to be better. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm picking up on a couple little things here and there. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful game. A little tedious, but it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so enjoying that. I'm waiting for Dragon Quest... Uh, one, two, and three, uh, physical edition oh, that I yeah. bought, yeah, for Switch that they re-released. I yeah. want that. Yes. Well, go to Play Asia. You can you can pick it up there. My roommate um, mains is him on uh, Super Smash Brothers. Well, and he always kicks my butt. Yeah, your roommate's awful because the hero's broken on Smash. <laughs> I just want to say that, roommate, if you're listening, I love you as a human being, but. The hero is broken. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I've never beaten a hero, I think. Because yeah, their forward yeah. smash is ridiculous. It's I have expletives so for that. Yeah. Well, not on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. I will refrain. Yeah. I'll like... Just save it for coin boys. You can just That's like, right. ah, the hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Them and, uh, and Banjo. I think I've beaten a Banjo once. And normally they just tear me limb from limb. We got, yeah, we got this Ganondorf kind of... is my my uh, <laughs> my block there. I can't oh. get past Ganondorf is so hard. Yeah, he's, like an he's X Men terminology. King K rule is the blob, and Banjo Kazooie is the juggernaut with that tackle move. It is. Oh yeah. yes. <laughs> I was, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyways, anyway, I could gripe about Smash. Balance yes, right, right. Like for, right. Well, let's we'll do a whole pod about you know Smash. <laughs> yeah, and don't get Smash me started on Bumblebee Ness. I will throw up. Um, <laughs> so hey, coming up towards the end of October, um, I should just do an official announcement here. It dawned on me. Uh, we're going to put together this collab called Sponsor a Monster, um, and this is going to be open to everybody. Uh, it opened up this weekend. Basically. You can nominate any one monster from any game, and then we're going to have our uh, readers vote on all of the monsters and see who gets to be nominated the king of monsters. Uh, So voting will open up on the Thursday before October 31st, Halloween, and uh, we will announce the winner on October 31st. So right now, I just had it open to the Mages and Warriors of Light. So we've mm-hmm. got about a dozen monsters here. I nominated the Xenomorph from Alien Isolation. Ooh, of course. Yeah, because that thing's friggin' terrifying. Like, are you kidding me? Look at it. Horrible. I've had nightmares <laughs> about the Xenomorph, so. Uh, so, also yeah. I need to play that game. Sorry. I, oh, no. I know. It's on the backlog. <laughs> That's a great game. Uh, yeah, just make sure I know. you play I've heard it so many good things. Yeah. But not with the Kinect, because then you have to physically stay still. Like no, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I was don't like, do I don't want to do that. Yeah. Just be, you have to be quiet in the mic and, and also not be seen in the camera. That's yeah, no, that's much. ridiculous. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, you play it in the dark with no clothes on, just, yeah, headphones. Oh, that's how I always play games. Oh, okay, well, then Sorry, you're good. Sorry, wife and child. <laughs> you're good. 
you're good so sponsor a monster yeah coming out soon um cool. you'll be able to if you would like to nominate you can go ahead there'll be a post going up on monday where you can comment and nominate a monster it's got to be a monster that isn't already on our roster and i'll okay. make the roster public so uh eros are you on here yet oh. not yet uh on that particular one i don't believe so i'll have to look into that yeah uh, and then, well, did either of you guys have a monster on your brain right now? Oh, yeah. Well, you said King of Monsters, so I thought one of the monsters from King of Monsters the game. Well, guess what? <laughs> oh. I mean, Godzilla's already already snagged. Um, wow. Yeah, but what's uh, what's a monster from King of Monsters? I, I, think I don't I remember, know. That, like, I'd have to look NES them up. One. They were yeah. sort of just basic, like, Yeah, they were just generic. Or... Yeah. yeah they, it was, like, generic, like, clone of Godzilla and some kind of monkey monster or something no. yeah yes <laughs> yeah i thought of rampage the other day too um, oh i can't oh, believe they yeah. made a movie out of that i, I never can't saw believe that. either <laughs> i saw it and i was like i saw it because uh my stepdad rented it and i sat in there and watched it what did you think i thought it was atrocious <laughs> like i was like how do these movies get made no. how could such a license be dropped like that? <laughs> <laughs> like and the funny thing is when they announced it uh, my kid brother and i had actually just finished playing through rampage on the nes oh, and we classic. hated it because it was super repetitive oh it's it's garbage repetitive yeah it's, and yeah. i mean it's, it didn't hold a candle to the arcade version anyway oh yeah the but arcade's uh, far superior yeah and then so uh i think it was like a couple days later we saw this trailer um and i was like this looks like it could be rampage and the title <laughs> comes up and i was like i cannot believe that they did that. but That's the like... rock is friends with the big monkey <laughs> so it's, it's he's gonna save the day ah uh, yeah it was it was it was horrible it was like picking like imagine if they made a frogger movie like who who cares like are you joking me yeah, they should yeah. have all these like alien spaceships come down, but they're all block shaped, and the rock has to push them in the right way, and it's Tetris the movie. <laughs> I wonder if it's like a shared universe because like they made a battleship movie, and then they made oh, a Ouija so movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. And they're just picking like random Monopoly the movie, Arkanoid the movie, Candyland with Michael, Sarah, and Emma Stone, <laughs> Tim Trump. Curry as the devil. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, let's get to an actual game that we like. Let's do uh, that. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just do this all podcast like, oh. <laughs> okay. So, as mentioned, we're going to be talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night uh, from Hooray. 1997. Yay. Why was 1997 such a good year for games? Oh, my gosh. Yes, my one era. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you did the vote, uh, the you know the the well-read mage vote, the best game of 1997, and it it literally pained me that I had to vote. Well, I, I did have to vote for Final Fantasy VII because that game played with my mind and my soul. Oh yeah, but oh, but call. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is still up there in my top ten easily. And the tiebreaker, the, the tiebreaker came down to one vote difference. Oh my God. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, people yeah. were so like people were fighting over whether Symphony of the Night or, or Final Fantasy VII should win. I think looking at the whole history of everything, like the universe, Final Fantasy yeah. VII has probably had a little more influence than Symphony of the Night. I don't I'd know. Say so. I think um, it, it crossed more boundaries for people. That was like some people's first RPG ever. Yeah, uh, like and an people's introduction. First introduction. Yeah, exactly. It kind of yeah. brought it into the mainstream. Uh, I found it was less like niche at that point. And when Seven came out, it's like everybody wanted to, you know, play Final <laughs> Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I feel like Symphony of the Night really gained a lot of momentum over time, like a lot. Right, because I, I didn't hear of quiet. it at first. Yeah, no, it it came in under the radar. I only knew about it because I loved 
uh, Castlevania in general, but I saw no advertisement. I, you know, I didn't oh, yeah. see any, any groundswell at all from, mm. you know, its launch. And it was really just word of mouth that people were like, oh my God, this game. Yeah. Oh my God, this game. Yeah. And it, everybody was right. Yeah, so. it built up over time. I remember back in the day, my sort of advertising field was the schoolyard. So kids after yeah. school would yes. talk about, hey, you should check out Breath of Fire 3. Hey, you should check out, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, this this game, I don't think I, I heard about until several years later. I don't think I played it until after 2000, actually. Yeah, I was one of the people who played it initially and i was like you guys got to play this and people like what i didn't even know that was out i'm like yeah and yeah and and now i mean look at it now it's in people's you know top games of ever yeah yeah it 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 was pretty high on my top 100 uh what's that arrows i think it was like uh my brother had the ps1 in his room and i think i just stumbled upon it because it was one of our first games that we played on the ps1 and I'm getting there just as I think the opening line is coming from like Richter Belmont. And at the time, you know, we all played Castlevania growing up and it's, and I'm like, mm-hmm. holy crap, there's an actual like voice acting in this. And there's like oh. cutscenes and a plot. It's not just a random barbarian man going from left to right with a whip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're pretty spoiled now that we have, you know, big studios doing like, like real actors doing like real voice acting. Um, but yeah, at, this one was yeah. This, the voice acting. This <laughs> oh, was uh, oh, it was at so the rough. time though. At the time, <laughs> oh, we didn't have high expectations. No, back in the, yeah, back yeah. In, this, in 1997, I we mean, were like, hey, people talking that isn't pixelated, you know, forced voice-like sounds. Yeah, I mean, they could have they could have just gotten people from a toy commercial, which is evidently what they did, and then just <laughs> throw them in the game and be like, hey, you clean up here, right? You could voice Alucard. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and they uh, couldn't have had less chemistry if they were in different games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Pierce. they were in different games. <laughs> they just smashed it together. They, they obviously weren't in the same studio when they were speaking it. They were just reading off of a page, <laughs> and they did, weren't given any direction, and they just sh- crammed it in there, and it works. And, and then thank you, Red, for sending me the link to the PSP version. Oh, my Lord. I had no idea they actually <laughs> fixed it. It was that is a revelation in comparison to the PS1 version. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know what? Since we're on voice acting, let's just talk about it now. Like, okay. screw, screw okay. the screw the the outline for the conversation. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, and insulted you last night, so we're not going to pay attention to that. Um, <clears throat> a question that just popped in my head is, uh, what are some games from this era that did have good voice acting? Can you think of uh, any? Sanity, you want to start on this? <sighs> I don't... I... I, I pretty, had a pretty low threshold, so I don't think I was actually judging quite well. Uh, I mean, I've, I've now attended a lot of voice acting training as an adult and ah. living in Los Angeles and, you know, and, and the whole acting thing. So I'm a lot more discerning now. Uh-huh. It, when I was 17 in 1997, yeah. I was just like, voices, yay. I, <laughs> I literally, I don't know if I've actually ever evaluated my history of that time. So no, I really don't have any ah. specifically. Okay, what about you, Eros? <laughs> Uh, well, there's not really much to compare to at that time with the PS1 era. I mean, I remember Mega Man X4 started to put in voice acting, and then there's this one scene where Zero goes like, "What am I fighting for?" Oh, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> <Wolf>. but <laughs> Resident Evil 2, I think, had some of the better voice acting because I remember, like, Claire Redfield was voiced by the same uh. Uh, voice actor that did Jubilee in the 90s X-Men cartoon. Oh, wow. I did and not know that. Yeah her, yeah, her lines were came out pretty pretty organic. I mean, it's not, it's not like, 
the greatest thing ever, but right. I would say it's better than average at the time. Yeah, yeah it's still a rudimentary era for voice acting. For yeah, sure. I don't think there was a lot of direction with any games that had voice acting yeah. at that time. It was just like, do here's the thing with with voice acting too, and maybe Sanity you could speak to this as someone who's uh, you know had some voice acting training. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like there's a difference between somebody doing a voice and then sort of crafting a character. So, oh, completely. Yeah. So people, it seems to me that people will come into a role sometimes and they'll just be like, it was a cartoon, right? Let me just do like a, hi, hi kids. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a goofy <laughs> voice uh, versus thinking about like, how does this character emote? How does this character feel? How does this character deliver yeah. their lines? So you it got any being the character. Yeah. Thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and I mean, there's a, there's actually a lot of drama underneath the surface of video games going on right now is that voice actors are not part of the union, the actors' union, oh, yeah, yeah. in video games. So there's a lot of drama that they think that they should get the same rights as, uh, you know, SAG actors and whatnot. So, And the video game industry does want to pay u- union rates because that means a lot more money for the actors, mm. uh, you know, and potential residuals. So the fact that there are quality people, you know, legitimate voice actors, uh, yeah. and one of my coaches... Um, that I, I studied under did a lot for World of Warcraft. He did a lot for, and he's a legendary voice actor. He's done a lot of stuff, that, amazing credits, and he's a big proponent too. So he's a phenomenal actor giving real life to these characters. Mm. Uh, so now you're getting people that are honing a craft to bring these characters to life for you. Uh, so yeah, I think now that there's a lot more emphasis on, you know, professionals doing this to really give, uh, you know, all these characters, you know, legitimate life and, and you know, uh, I think I remember to the games. Steve Blum uh, had, you know, he talked a lot about the voice actors uh, union or attempts to unionize online and how like the strain of the vocal cords over like a long period of time yes. when they're doing those screams. Um, oh, shoot. You know, there was one other game I should have brought up. Metal Gear Solid. I mean, if you're talking about like oh, yeah. A-class oh, voice yes. acting. Yeah, that's, that's a one. good Good one. Yeah, that's a good one to bring up. Yeah, that was one of three I was going to mention, so I'm glad you mentioned Snake. it. <laughs> and re- a really wonderful, uh, still like kind of like voices, like personality, uh, mm-hmm. lots of, of of character there, but with with purpose and not just kind of like, it didn't feel like each line was isolated. Uh, it felt like a radio mm-hmm. drama. Very, very mm-hmm. well done. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And that, that was rare for the time. Oh, honestly. for sure. 1998. Um, yeah. Two other wow. games I wanted to mention from the time. Uh, one was Mega Man Legends, oh, which yeah, yeah, yeah. had a surprising oh, I never amount. Played that. Uh, really good, well, really good. Yeah, I liked it. Um, it's got some controls issues now when you go back mm-hmm. to play it. Um, I bought a used one. It was too scratched up to play. Uh, that was my, that's a, I know. That's a bummer. That's a yeah. Bummer. I think that game's a joy. It's got, yeah, it's got some technical issues, but it had a lot of voice acting for its time. And, hmm. you know, it was still hokey. It was still very cartoony. Um, obviously, that, that fits its its uh, presentation. But mm-hmm. um, it had some cool some cool stuff in it. Another one from the era that popped in my head was uh, Brave Fencer Musashi. Oh, that's a great one. Had that... a ridiculous amount of energy. Like in yeah. the voice acting. What, what, what did the villain say in that one? It's like, dance or yeah. die. 
All I remember is you could get those like little figurines, and if you pushed like a button, they would make like a like a voice. Y'all uh, gonna get a lick? Exactly, thank you. Y'all gonna get a lick? Licking. Yeah. Uh, Ru Ru trick. I think that's who it was. Ru trick. Oh my goodness. Yes. I need to replay this stat. <laughs> my uh, friends bought that because you got the demo for Final Fantasy when you bought yes. it. Yes. Came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is huge. I wish that oh, Square that would bring this back because that's that's a pretty pretty interesting game that would be fun yeah. um but uh i replaying it i think i replayed it earlier this year with a friend we were just like hey I'll, i was like you ever seen this before let's check it out and um i was just blown away by whoever voiced uh musashi himself had so much energy uh at the beginning when you're running down you know the side of the hill and there's that statue face chasing you and it's just like jump like amazing <laughs> like energy uh the yeah was just beautiful again so. a rarities those are extreme rarities for the time to right. find you know actual voice actors or you know actors in general yeah she, uh, jump into those. Uh, the voice actor voice masashi she was pretty well established i know she was in digimon i think she does uh certain reoccurring characters in south park uh, i can't remember her name for the life of me but i know she's been in a lot a lot of uh, mona marshall Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here. Thank and you. Steve Blum was in that game too. He played a he played a oh. fairly <laughs> minor character. So oh, yeah. John, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like the guy with the dog. Yeah, and Steve Blum's got one of those voices. Like I melt every time I hear Steve Blum's voice. He's so cool. Yeah, uh, but better voice acting though. Like I was thinking about uh, Sanity. You were talking about today with like actual actors and stuff like that. I think mm -hmm. the Arkham series has tremendous voice acting. I love yeah, that. we notice more when it gets when we hear ter terrible voice acting now. Before I think you know, uh, Eros was right. It's like we just are, hey voices, hey yeah, we're just excited. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, but having actual actors, I mean, like Mark Hamill is in the Arkham series. Oh, like that's gosh. kind of mind blowing. Perfection. Yeah, phenomenal. And his Joker yeah. is the iconic Joker voice. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, but uh, so yeah, that's that's some. Some context. Uh, so of the, the time, time. yeah. But... but I'd say that the voice acting in Castlevania Symphony of the Night is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> okay, so let's hear some. Let's hear some impressions because it's time. Sandy, do oh. you want to start this one? <laughs> I always just I, I mess with all my friends, and you know we'll get into arguments. I'll just go, "What is a man?" <laughs> and I just leave it there. But the whole miserable little pile of secrets thing. I'm just like, first of all. Apparently, it's a quote from a book, and I, I found, like, the author's name, but I didn't know the actual – I couldn't find the actual book. But it was like – that is, like, a horrible line just in general. <laughs> a miserable little pile of secrets. <laughs> what the heck does that even mean? Yeah. What did they change it to? A cesspit of hatred and lies in the PSP version? Oh, see? That's way better. Yeah. yeah cesspit is one of those – yeah. Cesspit. cesspit it's like, did you just call me a cesspit? <laughs> I'm, I'm offended now. But yeah. Well, if you say like a miserable little pile, actually, every time I hear that line, I think of uh, uh, Earthbound, how there were like wacky oh, enemies, yeah, yeah. and there was like an enemy called a, a worthless protoplasm. <laughs> I was Ouch. like, did you just call that me a worthless me protoplasm? I actually used to use that insult. So, uh, uh, other than the uh, the intro fight, uh, I believe that's the one you were referring to, Sanity, between yeah. Richter and Dracula. Like the only mm, as it starts off. Yeah, yeah, the only other bits of dialogue that I, uh, I found, like, I can recite off the top of my head is when uh, you go to the item shop and you have the librarian <laughs> there. And it says, like, what can I do for you? And then Alucard <laughs> goes, like, I'm interested in this. And then when you buy well, something, he goes, like, hee hee, thank you. So long for now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he looks like a, a, 
like a wise librarian, and you sound like a little <laughs> goblin. <Yeah. laughs> he doesn't get out much. He just stays in that one room because Dracula won't, he won't he was, let him walk around the castle. He was channeling Gollum for that part. Yeah. And he sits on that hole, and you're like, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> that little hole in the floor. And I'm yeah. like, is that the librarian's bathroom? Oh, oh, do you know that as Richter, when you do the Richter playthrough, you can do the uppercut through yes. that hole, and you just knock you him right that. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I did watch a video on the voice acting this morning. I was just just blown away uh, by die it. monster. It's almost like you have to go out of your way <laughs> for it to be this bad, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't by my hand that I was once again <laughs> given flesh. Like how uh, I was brought you to you by ask humans. Yourself, <laughs> was yes. it was it directed to be this bad or was it just an accident? Because if someone's like, okay, be Dracula, okay. Brought to life by humans. Yes, I feel Dracula. <laughs> I love that line. There's a yeah, and uh, we were we were commenting earlier uh, how it's 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 a bit early in the morning here, and you know we're three chats, so we we've got we've got a bit of our morning voice. So we yeah, we actually baby. sound like Alucard, right? So there's the line. One of the worst exchanges exchanges in the whole game, uh, as far as voice acting, oh, is uh, when he's talking with a succubus. Oh, uh, and the oh, succubus yeah. does that like <laughs> when she dies. <laughs> like, that but, strength, that yeah. beauty. You're the son of Lord Dracula. Yeah, his but name is Alucard. The world will set your soul wandering for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like super goofy. It's like I, it, I feel like I forgot that on purpose because I love this game so much. <laughs> I like willfully okay. just like forgot how bad all this voice. And there's is. a great point there, and there's someone I wanted to give a very special shout out to because you just you just said something that I think is is real key for for some folks. Uh, I wanted to shout out to at uh, s sleepy gamer on Twitter who uh, left this comment. I can't watch coverage on Symphony of the Night. I take any criticism too personal, even though I had nothing to do with the game. It's just my favorite game. I just wanted I get to that. yeah. I just wanted to encourage this person. To mm -hmm. to just um, find even the the flaws and things that they like most as part of the beauty of those things. Mm -hmm. um, there's this huge question in my mind as to whether you can even have a perfect work of art. Um, but in 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 life, you know, it's blemishes and flaws and and brevity uh, that that give things beauty. You know, like you ask the question. Um, this is getting like all heavy, like all of a sudden. No, like, I, I, I'm <laughs> with you. Uh, well, I was gonna say you asked the question like, would life be as like precious if you know it lasted forever? So it's like it's it's the it's the brevity, it's the temporality of things um, that the humanity, if you will. Yeah, that gives things a sense of beauty. So um, I, I I'm with that person because I have my favorite game and I understand that that angle. I just wanted to mm -hmm. encourage anybody out there um, who, you know, is maybe like, oh, I don't want to hear them bash on it. And now we, obviously we don't want to bash on anything. But <laughs> well, no, no, no. I think we're all like us three here are humongous fans of the yeah, game. But so we yeah, have yeah. to recognize yes. that these flaws are are notable. Right. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, dis and discussion worthy. Yeah. They're part of they're part of what makes the game unique. Part of what makes it special. Um, memorable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Memorable. So on that note, though, um, something that that crossed my mind as uh, as I was putting together outline for this um, had to do with the question of memes. 
Uh, memes are, of course, <laughs> the way uh, in which uh, we communicate sometimes wordlessly uh, through symbols. True. And uh, you like I was thinking about it. I was like, meme internet memes are basically like the hieroglyphs of the internet age. That's true. You know, like I could see a picture of like a screaming wolf and just be like, I know what they're saying there. That's <laughs> right. Or the white cat behind the uh, table. Yeah, I was like, you don't even have to use words. I just know exactly what you're saying in like a What's link. What's the latest cat. one? The Untitled Goose Game. I'm seeing that like everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So there's yeah. a there's a level of like commonality in in like experiences and knowledge, so where we can, <clears throat> you know, know what the other person is trying to say just through this imagery. It's it's amazing that we were able to do that as a race, but. Um, mm -hmm. The question that I had with with Symphony of the Night, though, is uh, do we confuse memes with uh, familiarity or popularity? So mm. Symphony of the Night is one of those like really memeable games. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Memeable? I memeable? think so. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll add it to Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Like Daniel Webster's is <laughs> rolling in his grave Oxford right now. Oxford English. <laughs> How dare you sully the English language? <laughs> Um, How dare you, sir? <laughs> that's what he sounded like. He, said, he probably sounded more boss than Dracula. Um, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, Daniel Webster, the final boss in this game. Anyways, uh, confusing memes with popular familiarity or popularity. Um, every time I mention Symphony of the Night, guarantee somebody is going to say a miserable little pile of secrets. Like, guarantee. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, um, oh, speaking of which, I actually just found that on the way. Uh, Miserable Pile of Secrets is taken from the novel Man's Fate by Andre Malraux. Malraux? Yes. Malraux. Classy. Malraux. Yeah, I have yes. not so. read that. I have not read that, so. I don't think I will. Yeah. Because <laughs> if the writing is that great in that one line, I may have to skip the rest. Yeah, it wasn't it's... the right book in the library for him to pick. Like, out of <laughs> everything. Right. Yeah, I should have That's picked right. something. Something else. Right. Um, so, yeah, the... The the amount of memory that surrounds Symphony of the Night is pretty astounding. Um, mm -hmm. But should <laughs> memes or extant humor, that is humor outside of the context of the game itself uh, or within the game itself, should that those sort of things be used to describe how good a game is? Because I've actually run into that completely. You completely. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, completely. If somebody's still bringing up a game from 1997 to make a joke, uh -huh. and enough people get that joke, that is a, a tip of the hat to that game, <laughs> in my opinion. Even if they're picking on its worst features or or its harshest uh, blemishes, that shows that at least had it has enough cultural relevance that uh, enough people are going to get it and appreciate it. Cultural relevance. That's a good yeah. that's a good phrase to use. So the question then is does cultural relevance describe how quality a game is or does that just describe how familiar it is? Well, we could also meme how, you know, ET the game for the Atari 2600 <laughs> and I don't think anybody is appreciating a level of quality there, but the cultural relevance still exists. Yeah. The story so, behind it I think is more interesting than the game itself. I think that was the focus of what was it, the Angry Video Game Nerd movie? Like he was trying to find the the buried location of all the ET games yes, of the landfill. Yes. So, uh, yeah. it, sometimes it really is the legacy of you know what what went on with the games um what's a good example of kingdom hearts i mean the whole concept of a merger between like square enix and disney like mm -hmm. if you're going like 20 years ago everyone thought that was like impossible but you know nowadays it's it's yeah. kind of like a huge pop culture icon i mean i see like a bunch of memes brought up where uh 
what's the most popular one I see? Probably it's the one where like Roxas and Sora are like crossing Keyblades or you have like, oh, Donald. Yeah, Donald is such a bad uh, NPC character because he keeps like not healing you. I see that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like we point out the flaws of things that we love just Mm -hmm. because everybody, I think, if we all share that same uh, viewpoint on that, I think that's that's where we find the humor in it. Uh, And I mean, again, I talk about that, uh, me and our, our, our good friend on Twitter, Atari Vision, uh, we both uh, we both have our avies with that white cat behind the table with the lady from Real Housewives yelling at it. And one of my oh, favorite yeah. memes I saw was it had her dressed up as a uh, as Richter Belmont. Really? <laughs> it says, Die monster! And then the cat's dressed up as Dracula. It says that's what great. is a man? And that's the whole meme, and it's phenomenal. What was I'll share my, it on the uh, thread later. <laughs> what was my favorite? I think I might have retweeted it, but it's, it's the same uh, the same concept, but it was for Final Fantasy fourteen. And I think the cat was instead a Lollafeld, who's sort of like this small, like, you know, like diminutive character type in the game or something. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the butt end of a lot of jokes. But, you know, like as a as an avid gamer of 14, I got the reference, you know, definitely. It's funny. That meme is indispensable. Mm-hmm. It's great. So, yeah. So it's an, it's an interesting question about memes. At least it's interesting to me. Uh, interesting is being subjective, of course. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do run into a lot of people who will say about a variety of games, not just Symphony of, of the Night, that because it created kind of this uh, cultural joke that everybody knows, um, that the game itself is then worth playing for that reason. And I'm on the fence about that. I, I, I think that that doesn't speak to the game's inherent quality, but it does speak to the game's mm-hmm. at least familiarity, if not popularity. I mean, certainly, I agree, like you right. brought up E.T., could be the game's infamy that makes it yes. <laughs> not actually yeah. its level of fame. And Symphony of the Night definitely had no infamy except for those lines. Except for those yeah. lines, yeah, and those are the yeah. ones One that are most quoted, yeah. yeah. So Those are definitely iconic. Yeah. Um, so anyways, those hieroglyphs, memes. Um, but I wanted to capture from you folks uh, impressions. Do you remember when you first played it? We talked about this a little bit, Sanity. Uh, but mm-hmm. kind of, just to extrapolate a little bit more, what were uh, your first feelings? So we'll get your comment sanity and then we'll go to arrows cool yeah this came this game came out at a time when if you were doing a 2d side scroller if people i think initially were like what everything's 3d why Mm. why would you why would you do a a 2d side scroller Uh, but one thing that i initially noticed is you know even super castlevania 4 you know back in the day you got to cross the 2d boundary you go from the background to the foreground oh that was great this one took the uh i think the capabilities of the playstation 1 and still utilized it extremely well what you noticed from when alucard is dashing through the forest to jump into the castle as soon as you go in out that was a wow moment immediately mm. for me yeah after you did the boss fight uh you know i did the boss fight i was like oh this is classic castlevania and then you get to alucard and i'm like you only saw Alucard in Castlevania three, which was like cool. You're you're playing a vampire against Dracula. It's so cool. So now you got to be this this you know this vampire, which was really cool at the time. And as soon as you go in, like the, the the graphics are amazing. It's beautiful. There was voice acting. We already talked about the quality of it, but there was voice acting. Wow, there's voices in the game. That's amazing. And I just felt like that there was so much initially, even when you started playing the game. There's so much attention to detail and utilization of the power of of the system that it was impressive from the word go. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, and, and the control style, I mean, even if we dip into controls specifically later, mm-hmm. the controls were very crisp, clean, responsive, that nothing felt clumsy or, or, or clunky at all. 
So I just felt like it was so well crafted that was noticed from the beginning. Uh, aside from the voice acting, everything else was just so <laughs> well. The attention to detail was was definitely relevant and and respectable. Yeah, definitely. So I like that you said it in a context of everything was moving toward three D, uh, and here's all of a sudden a two D game again. Um, mm-hmm. Another interesting thing is that, and this is something I've gone on record saying multiple times, is that the the late 16-bit games were miles ahead of the early 3D games. Oh, the early 3D games were atrocious. Yeah, they are horrible. Uh, Nobody's going to play Battle Arena Toshinden and say, wow, what a class. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, I remember playing a lot of that game. That's funny. That game was was terrible. (laughs) The choice was like Symphony of the Night or Castlevania 64. I'm definitely going to say Symphony of the Night. And that's the perfect perfect comparison, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, again, 3D had to happen. Uh, oh, it pushed 3D forward, right? Uh, but we had to, get to that hit out of the, way. the yeah, we had to hit the road bumps, the speed <laughs> yes. bumps at first. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, Eros, first time you played it, first impressions of it? Well, the only times I could I could get to my brother's uh, PlayStation Two because like most of the time he would like lock the <laughs> lock the door so I couldn't get <laughs> in. Oh, <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> but you know, I, the times that I did. It, it what's the best way to kind of describe it it was revolutionary you know it it took like a very simple design of like you know just a guy with the whip and now you're this like really superhuman vampire guy just using mm-hmm. swords and you know on paper that doesn't really sound you know like how is that going to become interesting but you know you can equip all kinds of stuff like a you have an yes. equipment system that was big too yeah. i that, loved that that and, was very customizable yeah. yeah and i loved you know the save states like you know you have this fully 3d polygon that actually turns into a coffin and i was like wow this is this is some pretty he- i mean it's you know i was going to say they utilized that 3d in some small parts but they didn't make the game about that and i thought that was actually even a better yeah. accent the sparing yeah, then, uh, use of it is real the, nice. lo- the loading screens too you know whereas you just see alucard uh, go down a hallway you know just even like simple mm-hmm. effects like that you never get tired of and i gotta i gotta bring this up but the start menu with like the gregorian chant music and i think it's yes. just called prayer mm-hmm. like on the soundtrack it's it's like that catholic church kind of like yeah. gregorian mixy it's like yeah that's but i'm so relaxed listening to it at like my if you were to ask me what's your favorite like start menu in video games i'm gonna say symphony of the night because it's just so placating like i feel so <laughs> relaxed yeah listening to that music i have to agree there uh my my favorite uh kind of music to listen to is classical baroque uh mm-hmm. i think bach is just fantastic um and so coming man of culture. into oh yeah I see you're a man of culture as well, uh, coming into Castlevania I just think personally it's like the highest musical achievement that like humanity Absolutely. has ever done like you listen to <laughs> they get a ten out of ten on like you know back in Game Pro would rate like oh sound this would get a ten out of ten for me yeah, oh, yeah. you know yeah, uh, yeah. on sound the way that they used uh, the music every different section of the castle had its own soundtrack mm-hmm. and every section of the game had its own soundtrack. Like they were just so unique. I mean, the, it, I could go into depth about how every facet of the game had uniqueness and they didn't reuse almost anything, mm. but uh, the music alone, I thought mind blowing. Yeah. And it didn't just stick with one type. They utilized a whole combination of different uh, genres of music. Like 
uh, you would start with like this, like you know, the classic, and then when you go to a boss fight, it takes this like really hard edge, like heavy metal kind of thing. It's like yeah, it has metal elements. Yeah, where you get that that uh, guitar, that electric guitar in there, and it's just yeah, I feel like the the care and the the thought that was put into all of the musical selection and and creation was was exemplary. Yeah, now it's 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 a great soundtrack. And re listening to it again this morning, um, it's. It's something that I think definitely touches on uh, a lot of the the achievement of, of music uh, as far as what's been done in, in the classical fields uh, and the Romantic mm-hmm. era and so on and so forth and the Renaissance and the you know Baroque period and so on and so forth that you get every time there's a harpsichord or a pipe organ. And it's not hokey, you know. It doesn't sound like, like a, like a, like. It's not not the baseball field organ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's not that. Yeah, it's kind of been overused. Phantom at this of the point. Opera. Yeah. So, um, but hearing hearing those pieces in this game, like you mentioned, prayer at the beginning, um, the choral music is so beautiful. So it's beautiful. like soothing and haunting it at the is. same time. It's just it's the <laughs> so it's the yeah. the capturing of the majesty of the human breath. Um that just when it's in sync. I mean, have you I don't know if you've ever heard a choir out of sync, but it's one of the worst things you could ever hear. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. <laughs> so I like was no, in choir back no in high school. Harmonizing, it's all just Yeah. Di- di- yeah. dissonance. I think that was actually a Castlevania title. Wasn't there one that's called like Harmony of Dissonance? <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. I've not played it. Yeah. But it was interesting that they even chose kind of like the whole, I mean, called Symphony of the Night and Harmony. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like they chose, you know, musical kind of, you know, descriptors mm. for each of these, which I think yeah. is a bold move. Uh, but I think it's appropriate, yeah. honestly. I, I feel like this was a symphony of a game. All these pieces came together in a fantastic symphony. Yeah, Maybe uh, <laughs> I kind of pity them. I mean, what happens when you run out of like music references like 20 years from now? <laughs> That's true. They're just like Castlevania. <laughs> That melody is good, though. Uh, <laughs> the twang of stabs. The twang. <laughs> uh, the mosh pit of madness. <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when I was uh, I went to school in England for a little bit and visited. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I thought it was a beautiful country. Um, some interesting people I met there. Hope you have a powdered wig still. I do. Yes. <laughs> I do. Um, but Did they convert I, you to Whovism? No. No. Oh. I, I've never seen a Doctor Who and to this day. And I, oh. I, 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 we could do a whole pod about how I don't think it's all that great. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've just never seen it. Well, for me, like, I, it's just too much television. I yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's a lot. I don't it's I don't really care for for TV shows anyway. Uh, gotcha. Like when a character is like oh, okay, so the perfect point to mention this, and then I gotta get to the England story. I, I beg your pardon, uh, but I just sorry, started sorry. watching uh, Stranger Things, um, so I'm catching up nice. with culture. Uh, oh, that's a it's an easy watch. Yeah, it's an easy one to stick yeah. with. Yeah, uh, enjoying it. I think I'm on like a episode five or six or something like that. It's like Goonies, uh, but more dark and Cthulhu. Yeah, I was like, so this is like Stand by Me, it, and like, yeah. <laughs> you want to go see a, a astral body? Yeah, and Just like the, the mist to, uh... and stuff like that. And there, so it's definitely a Stephen King vibe. But um, mm-hmm. there's a there's a part um, for the most part, really good writing, decent acting, some eyebrow acting now and then. Uh, but <laughs> uh, 
thanks hop yeah there's yeah. a but uh there's this there's this part on one of the episodes when uh will's older brother the the reclusive dude jonathan jonathan that's the, yeah. sounds mm-hmm. right um i don't have his character list up but um he's um um the squinty guy yeah he's doing the photograph thing whatever it's called and he's and he's got he's got the photographs that he's Oh, in the yeah, in the dark room, uh, whatever that's called. I've never been a photographer. Developing. Developing. Yeah, I was. Yes, I was a photography major for a while. Oh, thank you. I just played Resident Evil yes. Two, <laughs> where you had that's the right. film thing. Yeah, and development. Yeah, you got the you got the, the developer, the stop, and the fix, or the three chemicals. Yeah, yeah development <laughs> makes sense. So there's there's that part where uh, he you know he's talking to the girl and and he's like, he says something like, um, yeah, I'm not that good around people, so I take their photographs, so I feel like I can understand them more. I was like, no human being on Earth would ever say that, especially <laughs> if you are a recluse in a dark yeah. room with a girl. It's <laughs> not a starter conversation. Yeah, that's the that's maybe like the worst conversation starter. Look how deep I am. Yeah, I was just like, that's that's super like on the nose. <laughs> that's funny. But it's, yeah, it's such a like a transparent character moment. But on the whole the the um the series is really good so that's the sort of thing that i dislike mm-hmm. about tv writing is they don't have a lot of time so sometimes they have to tell you what the character is um and it's really transparent yeah. when that happens but anyway then so i was in england <laughs> and uh i so back, to, back england. to england back to yeah the queen's country um so i went to uh york and uh, there's the uh, York Minster there, this uh, Gothic cathedral that is just a beautiful work of art. Um, I always tell people you might not even be religious, but there's there's a capacity for appreciating um, sort of what uh, various religions have created in terms of just the art itself. Um, That's me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I've been to Notre Dame. I've seen oh, some of these, man. and it's. It's. I see why people. It can inspire you without being religious. Yeah, you know? and it, so my as agnostic as they come. Yeah, and so myself being religious. I mean, I just found it uh, very inspiring. You know, we there was a there was a library mm-hmm. there where they showed us um, some uh, manuscripts from the Middle Ages of like Bibles, but nobody knew how to read, so they were all just like huge mm-hmm. pictures and just like <laughs> amazing works of art. I was like, can I touch it? And they're like, no. Uh, <laughs> no, the oils on your fingers would. Yeah, have I was like, oh, darn it! I wanted to go home and be like, I touched that medieval thing, y'all. Um, but yeah, we saw the uh, an original page of the Magna Carta oh, wow. when we were Ooh, uh, last cool. in, uh, in in England, and we weren't even allowed to take pictures with mm. it because uh, they were like, because if somebody accidentally leaves, if leaves their flash on, the quick flash of light could actually damage the deer skin mm-hmm. and the ink that it was written. Yeah. On. I was like, no, it was the same, but it was cool. It looks yeah. crisp, and it's like, wow, that this has been preserved for so many years. Yeah. It's in, mm-hmm. yeah. So I have an appreciation for that stuff, even though I am not a religious uh, fellow myself. Yeah, no, it's amazing. You can't not. Yeah, when I when I saw um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, it was the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nice. like I saw the Scroll of Isaiah, which is like the the whole uh, like sixty chapters or something. Like the thing is, the one scroll is like the size of like a really big room. And they were like, "Don't do not take pictures, or we will murder you." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about how." Yeah, because I was about to take my phone out, and I was like, "Oh, well, <clears throat> I won't. I'll just bathe in the you know, the history and majesty of it." Oh yeah, our uh, taxi driver was like this, you know, 
kind of Cockney guy. He's like, hey, he's like, hey what's this uh, replica? It's a pretty good replica. And the, the guy was like, replica? How dare you, sir? It was, it the was, righteous it was really funny. Good day now. It was a funny exchange to see. That's awesome. So yeah. the where this story ties together, though, is it comes back to the, the soundtrack of Symphony of the Night, is that I was mm. – the first time I, I encountered York Minster, I um, got there. Um, it was before school started, so I had time to kill. I was told to stay up so I didn't get jet lagged. So I was like, oh, I'll just have a mm-hmm. mosey around town. Um, and so I did, and I got lost. Uh, and oh, yeah, fun. and I was like, welcome to Yeah, England. I was like, uh, do I even have like the school's like address memorized? Do I know where it is? Uh, a couple of people were able to give me um, directions, but I turned a corner in the, these really narrow streets with tall buildings, turn the corner and there's the cathedral just like in all its glory. And I didn't realize uh-huh. that I was going to stumble into it like that. So it just like it took my breath away. And as I, I approached it, the, you know, the doors were open and I could hear a choir singing oh, on the inside. Man. So I walked in and just stood there for like what felt like hours because it was just so engaging um and so beautiful and those buildings are built you know for acoustics and all that sort of thing so it was just yeah quite the cathartic yeah it was breathtaking so every time i hear something like uh a track on symphony of night like prayer um i'm just like this is just gorgeous gorgeous music that's that's a cool thing to bring you back yeah um i've never actually been to the uk but like I think, uh, you know, I did a European tour around, uh, I think, Italy, and I saw, like, I'm usually a big fan of Greco-Roman style, Mm. and when I went to Trevi Fountain, like, I love Doric and Ionic pillars, because I took, like, an architecture class in college, but that kind of, like, reminded me a lot in Symphony of the Night, where I think it's, like, the catacombs where you fight that, like, Scylla monster, like, uh the snake lady and you just see all Mm -hmm. these pillars lying around. And I was like, I really love that effect, you know, in video games when, you know, you have that sort of classic meets like, um, you know, like, like you said, right. The middle ages Mm -hmm. architecture, like Gothic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The whole tone of the game really fits all that, like that religious and Gothic and, and, and deep, impressive architecture. Yeah. From the stained glass, stained glass windows in the background to whatnot. Yeah. It's, which yeah. which is I think it's 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 pretty decently executed as far as presentation goes in uh, Symphony of the Night. I know we were talking about mm-hmm. before we started recording about how it's kind of hokey when they make like these big religious references in the game. I think that oh, yeah. some writers yeah. Dracula quotes the Bible. Yeah, I think that it's <laughs> some sometimes writers fall into this trap of I'm just gonna quote like a religious text because it it lends some gravity to the situation or it pulls from this, you know, common source of knowledge that almost everybody knows. Um, but if you do it in such a way that it, it comes off as clumsy, uh, like you're just reaching or you're trying to be, it's yeah. almost like the opposite of trying it's to be, yeah, moment. trying to be edgy, you know, and like you're watching <laughs> yeah. something you're like, you're just trying to be edgy. This is like super yeah. transparent. Or it's like, you're just trying to be religious, like the super transparent. Um, what were we talking hard about moments are before hard. Red? Uh, I think it was when you did your Zelda podcast, and like you were talking about Christianity and Legend of Zelda. Oh, and then you use that the that to get your mom <laughs> yeah. to let you play it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and then uh, what was got it? Got your mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what was it? Link did the sign of the cross or something. Yeah, in one of those that was. Scenes? It was on a shield. That was, was weird. That yeah. was you and uh, well, yeah. So I mentioned the shield, the cross on the shield. 
in the original Legend of Zelda. I think it was you that mentioned in A Link to the Past, he actually does the sign of the cross on himself. And I did not know that. I've played that game hundreds of times. Oh, I, did, I definitely did not yeah. know that. Well, I think it's like mostly thank the Catholic school for me like recognizing <laughs> what it was. I mean, I know what it is too. I, I have never been Catholic, but um, I, I've played the game multiple times. It just didn't even recognize it. It's like at a, yeah, see, and then he folds his hands right in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well done. Yeah, and there's like this like kind of, uh, you know, religious-y sounding music. Uh, so we got two comments here from over my head, yeah, over my head, <laughs> over my head. Uh, you know, I mean, like if I say religious sounding music, you're just like, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, that's what you hear. Yeah. Even yeah. though, like, I think I've been to like two uh, churches that have ever used music like that. So I think that's probably a pretty. I probably would have gone to church more if they used that music. <laughs> Instead, it was all the, uh, I don't know, yeah, the pop stuff. I yeah. know. The pop, I, think it is yeah. I know exactly what you're talking music. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got the whole world. <laughs> Even head. that's out of date. That's like, yeah, that's like when oh, I was I a kid. Um, but yeah. That's the only time I went to church was when I was oh, when really you were young, a kid. Yeah. So. Now yeah. the um, I've been to some, um, like a couple times in England and stuff like that, where you're like, yeah, they'll have like, oh, we're going to re- recite this hymn in like in Greek, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like that's super cool. <laughs> Oh, it's like the Indiana Jones movie. It's like, uh, it's like count to ten. No, Dad. It's like in Greek. It's like data, vio, <laughs> Yes, Greek I is butchered cool. That, Greek yeah. is cool. Yeah. Um, man, we're just gonna have to have a podcast where we talk about religion sometime. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> the two comments here. Uh, first one is from Hal Eleven K on Twitter, uh, who said the game is a knockout in almost every respect. The effort mm-hmm. put into the game design, or I'm sorry, the effort put into the level design is astonishing, reversing at the completion of the first half of the game. And the soundtrack is one of the greatest, Marble Gallery and Lost Painting being my personal favorites. Ooh, this is yeah. from at uh, Playjack Sayback, also on Twitter, who said Symphony mm-hmm. of the Night contains some of the best music in gaming. What's your favorite tune? Which song sticks with you when the PS1 powers down? So you guys have an all-time favorite track on here? Why don't uh, you start, Sandy? Uh, <laughs> you just keep doing that. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, it's okay. You can throw it at me. No, I think – I remember – I think it was Ulrox's Quarters. Had oh, yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, that one had some pretty clean stuff. But, yeah, uh, the – library music was i'd like all of it i mean all of it had its own yeah. tone and a tonality and own like feeling to it it's like it you, you can't know, it, like hate you said, any of the tracks because no just all and when you get so to a good. boss it brings you the energy yeah. and when you get to like the you know you get to these like you know underground caverns it sounds like this kind of like low mysterious you know dankness it's like it they all have their uh, perfect emotion to you know what the areas are so it's I feel like it was just so well thought out that it was done with such care. Yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, but you're and I'd have to go through and like listen to the soundtrack, which I think has like thirty-five tracks it's on it. It's a long or soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. That I would have to like listen to it and be like, no, this one's my favorite. No, no, this one's my favorite. <laughs> but I, I do remember Old Rock's quarters. I was like, oh, this song's amazing. Yeah. What about you, Eros? Uh. Like Sanity said, there's not really, uh, you know, any music I hate, uh, you know, because it's all really, you know, well put together. Machiro Yamane put together one of the greatest video game scores, you know, I would say of all time. I mean, but uh, if I were to, I already talked about Prayer at Nauseam for the start menu. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tragic Prince is probably one of my favorites because it really goes to the 
the core of Alucard with a little Shakespearean title there. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it goes. It's like... I know that one. Yep. Yeah, and, one of the uh, most Red recognizable, you... I think. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, that's one of the things about video games is that you get they get repetitive sometimes with their their sounds or their music. This would get left no repetition. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's never boring. Mm. And mm-hmm. Red, I know you uh, mentioned something about Super Metroid. How like you like sci-fi like better than horror? And there's this one song that actually sounds like it's kind of Metroid. It was called Last Painting. And it's like sorry, I butchered it there. It sounds like Super Metroid. I think I recognized it. Um, I I'm not too overly familiar with the soundtrack. Uh, I've there's just so much. It's hard to like be specifically knowledgeable. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is something that's stuck with me forever. So actually, Chrono Trigger. I okay. The older you get the more irrelevant stories you have. So here's another one from me. Um, <laughs> yesterday, uh, well, Thursday, um, I drove up to Big Bear, California to visit my dad. It's about a three-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my phone charger for my car broke. So on the way up, Ooh. I'm driving with my kid brother, and we put on, like, Jim Gaffigan, comedian, so he's just, like, oh, laughing. Cool. Uh, and then on the way down, my phone's dead. So I was oh, like, no. shoot, what are we going to do? I don't want to talk to you, so... Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> like not. quality time and all. Um, so uh, I was like, okay, because he's actually playing through Chrono Trigger right now. I was like, here's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're gonna sing the entire Chrono Trigger soundtrack from start to finish. <laughs> so, oh my god! I love that you have that relationship with. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, no, don't do it. Uh, but we did it. We we I mean, we missed a couple tracks in between here and there, but we started, yeah, from the, the cut, uh, the title <laughs> screen. And by the end, like my, my throat was hurting and stuff like that. <laughs> I would have wanted to hear your rendition, uh, of you and your brother singing, uh, what was it? It's like, boom, 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 dun, dun, or, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> what, what was Glenn's theme? It's like, oh yeah, it was like, yeah. Uh, we did pretty good on that one. That's crushing it right there. <laughs> we did pretty good. Uh, you, we did some whistling for that one. We did good on Corridors of Time. Uh, we did good on Tyranno Layer. That's the one. Uh, did you do like Magus's theme? Oh, and one yes. of you go like ho ho ho. You remember you yeah. hear that ho ho yeah. ho ho in the background. He did. Uh, he did percussion on that one, and I did the. The high part. Um, so, yeah, we traded off. It was fun. Anyways, but I'm not as familiar. I'm not certainly not that familiar with uh, the Symphony of the Night soundtrack <laughs> to where I could sing it from start to finish. But Chrono Trigger played a billion times, so I know that one. Uh, for nice. me, some of my favorite tracks on here, uh, Finale Toccata is one that comes to my mind instantly mm. when I play this one. Because, again, just pipe organ, old school. It mm-hmm. sounds brilliant. Uh, I wanted to play a prank on you guys, but I decided not to do it because that would be a huge jerk thing to do. I was just no, gonna no, no. name like uh, like actual like Bach pieces and <laughs> and just like be like, yeah, this is like violin concerto in A minor is one of my favorite tracks off this game. And I would be like, okay, I, I've yeah, that on there, sure. I want to learn about music. I'm, yeah, and then see if see if uh, if one of you guys stopped me and just be like, wait a minute, Chopin wrote that. You should be ashamed. How You're dare not going to you, get sir, that from that's me, That's a bro. sonata. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that to you. So, uh, it, it, when uh, so there's a question here. We'll just jump to that now. Um, 
that I jotted down, which is what would you fix in Symphony of the Night? If you could fix any one thing, kind of, you know, a begging question, but what, what doesn't work in Symphony of the Night that you would change? For me, it's not that this doesn't mm-hmm. work, but I would stuff more actual like Baroque music in this game. Mm-hmm. So and get some mm-hmm. harpsichord in Never there. thought about that. Yeah. Maybe like, mm-hmm. yeah, do like Handel's Messiah and minor chords or something like that. Yeah, stuff mm-hmm. it in there. Um, what would you guys fix? I can see that. I, yeah, you know, the fact is, I think, aside from the voice acting, because PSP actually fixed that. I didn't know that. That would be my easy answer. Yeah. But they actually did do that, and they did it to a sufficient level that I would have, again, zero complaints at that point. Uh, the inventory gets a little... Uh, unmanageable after a while when you're like oh my god i have everything you can't sell anything you've just got you just stack up all that stuff in there and so sorting through that after a while gets a little tedious but it's not game breaking it doesn't ruin anything for me um i mean but even yeah on a tangent with that i mean the fact that they took time to make an individual icon for every single item in the game (laughs) like they didn't just palette swap and like get the same (laughs) items like they literally made the same pixel the uh, different pixels for each item which was a, a a sizable amount of items, but that was my only thing. Is inventory management is a big thing for me, and that was kind of hard. It's to kind do. of it's squares. Like, uh, I beg, I'll break it. I'll get right to you, Eris. Kind of squares, no, no, uh, thing in the '90s. They had some games that were kind of hit and miss with the inventory management. Uh, Vagrant yeah. Story comes yeah. to mind as one. It was like I am. I refuse oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to manage this inventory. <laughs> you do it for me because I'm not going to do it. Then you hire somebody to inventory or manage. That. That's right. Yeah. Well, when they made the sort button, I was like, thank yeah. you. Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, I was just going off what Sanity said about uh, inventory management system because I remember getting like the cloak of Jay, which was like short for uh, cloak of Joseph, and you can just basically colorize your cape. Uh, oh, yeah. however way you want. It's like, well, screw all the rest of the cloaks. I just want to hold on to this one because now I can make him like have a nice lavender cloak now. Uh, <laughs> and I bought every item the first time through. I was like, I got to go grind for money and buy everything that the librarian sells. In them. <laughs> and my next, further playthroughs, I was like, no, I don't yeah, need yeah. any of that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, but no, if, uh, it's really hard to pick, you know, something to improve upon this game because... You know, there was never any part of it I, you know, thought was so terrible it needed to be. I mean, other than the dialogue, obviously. But it mm-hmm. had its quirk and charm. Right. Uh, I would probably say uh, the familiars. Uh, Sanity, you probably know oh, about this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would have wanted to see more interactions uh, between them. Like, there's one scene you actually need the demon familiar yes, with because to open go, up the secret passage it's like oh master look a switch, <laughs> a switch. what if i try <laughs> pressing it that was yeah. terrible voice peter lorry so all of a sudden <laughs> look master the switch approach <laughs> 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 it master yeah oh but yeah they were lackluster uh, i mean you just used the sword for the rest of the game after yeah. the, the other purposes slice uh, <laughs> that's what he does that, that, that's what he that's what he says whenever he, he attacks oh, it's yeah, so yeah. Bad. yeah. Uh, oh, it's the familiars so bad. i actually forgot about the familiars um and what was uh, the fairy the fairy one like healed you a lot of the time and like when yeah, alucard, you had the fairy potion when yeah. alucard dies he goes like Wah! and then the fairy will go like regeneration <laughs> just brings you back to life <laughs> at least you so i mean at least you wasn't sorry like, go ahead hey listen (laughs) you're like just kill me just let me die (laughs) no the familiars i thought were a fun touch but they could have been fleshed out Mm -hmm. a little better oh yeah 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 definitely yeah i feel like they were just kind of a uh, 
they weren't thrown in at all, but I just thought like they had their use, you know, yeah. they were just a little helpful, but yeah, they, they could have had some more, uh, yeah, purpose maybe to them it was kind of an afterthought or a late development thing where they were like, like run out um, of time, but stick it in there. Wonder yeah. Boy and Monster World, I think, had a little bit better usage of like familiar characters, even like, um, what was it, Legend of Mana, where you could like design your own like spirits to follow you around. But no, that yeah. was that that was. I guess that's the only thing I can kind of uh, say ne- needed improvement. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final song in the game, uh, Red. I don't. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, uh, but Sandy, you could probably uh, back me up on this. I am the wind. I've heard some people oh, yeah. say that they don't like that song. That it just feels. Uh, disjointed, and it's ironic because I actually met the lady who composed it, uh, Rika oh, Muranaka, and mm-hmm. you know I love this song. You know, it's a very, it's a very like loving, very kind of jazzy song, but I can see where people are saying it doesn't really fit in the game. It it kind of changes the tone, and they actually changed that in the redub so that's just the generic uh, Belmont music. You know, it's like. So, what what are your thoughts on that? No, I, I and, and I think just kind of, I think this kind of circles us back to the entirety of the question in general. It's like we have to like we have to try and find something wrong with the game mm-hmm. when we don't actually <laughs> think there's something wrong with the game. Right, right, right. Uh, but I think with the with your question about the the I'm the Wind song, for me as an avid fan of anime, uh, growing up and you know living in Tokyo for a couple years. Oh, cool. Um, that's a very it's it's a normal thing that's a very japanese thing is to have you know kind of your end music is just like a whole other like it's a whole other feeling and emotion or tone than possibly the tone of the entirety of whatever story you were part of so that felt normal to me yeah yeah Uh, i didn't have any issues with it and some people really like it but i can understand that maybe if people as uh, you know outsiders you know looking into it and be like what where did this come yeah. from and i'm like well that's kind of how things are i was gonna and say i think it's very yeah. much a jrpg ish kind of a thing oh, to absolutely, do yeah. um i actually just yeah. listened to a clip of it and remembered right now there's a there's a movie oh i remembered uh batman mask of the phantasm uh oh yeah do you remember yeah. that one uh, i've not seen that one. Movie, oh yeah. man the, maybe the best batman movie ever made so it's a oh, animated oh, oh there you go oh the animated yes. ones are the best. Uh, yeah. so kevin conroy. yeah it was the first animated one it's got mark hamill kevin conroy uh it's kind of like a quasi origin story for batman but just really well done i mean the drama the darkness there's uh, an opening speaking of like gothic music there's an uh, an opening sequence during the credits where uh they have a choir apparently sing uh the credits uh backwards and they sounds like a latin chant uh and it's just beautiful but uh when the film is over you know you've got all this like dark music and they're like oh you know like intense stuff and then you get to the end and it's like late at night in my dreams I see you. I feel. Oh, and you're just like, uh, oh my God. what? I love your singing voice. My oh, heart like, will go nah, on. It's not actually that song, but that's the sort of like gist that's that you get. Yeah, where you're like, wait, wait, wait. When I watched like Sleepless in Seattle, and then you check the DVD, and you're like, no, this is Batman Mask of Phantasm. <laughs> and uh, Rika did uh, several other musical songs. I think there was one from the original Metal Gear Solid. Uh, the ending oh. thing was the best is yet to come. Ooh, um, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of music. I, you know, I really like that that end song because it, it, you know, the Alaskan landscape. I thought it was a really great tone to kind of match, mm-hmm. especially the bittersweet 
uh, theme of like Snake, you know, committing fratricide and you know patricide. It was a good way of him like finding closure. So that that was a great. <laughs> it's song. a good song for killing. Yeah. <laughs> so this Thanksgiving, Very Greek. play the best is yet to come from the Metal Gear Solid sound. Now that one was in Gaelic, right? And um, the artist, I, think, I cannot yeah, yeah, pronounce familiar. the artist's name. Uh, yeah, it looks oh, like oh the one that I mentioned. No, this is. So I don't know if this is the same person. So that's evidently the lady who sang it. Um, looking oh, at it right I now. can't pronounce yeah. that. Oi fe ni Yeah. But the, the Gaelic yeah. is, is beautiful. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gorgeous piece of music, that one. So hmm. um, Cool. So uh, let's see. Moving on here. Uh, Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is in Wikipedia as an official Is it? Term. Cool. It is. I was like, <laughs> did you crap. put it in there? I wish I did. Honestly, <laughs> You're but... like, darn it, I missed my, my life's call. Now that's one we got to put in the Oxford English Dictionary. Yeah, Metroidvania. Now, uh, this is a term that gets thrown around a lot, especially in today's indie scene. There's a lot of Metroidvania mm. games. Oh, uh, holler to... at my Hollow Knight. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, to my mind... It's it's one of those where the Vania part of it seems a little less influential than the Metroid part of it. Uh, like when I play a Metroidvania, I'm like, this is like just Metroid. Uh, where's the Castlevania? I so I want to ask you guys that because you're Castlevania experts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what's the Vania sure. in Metroidvania? Um, I would say that it's more. I mean, I, you're right. Now that I think about it, I'm like the Metroid part is having to platform actions you know side scrolling action platformer and you have to retrace your steps to be able mm-hmm. to access new areas that's the metroid part uh the vania part i guess has got to be that you're using physical weapons instead of shooting stuff Maybe. <laughs> I, guess, I guess i'd be reaching with that one but you're right i guess Is metroidvania like... i think had to come from i'd say it more came from the snes from uh super metroid yeah, 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 and yeah. super castlevania absolutely uh I think that that's where those two came in because those were like the king platformers of that whole time. Right. And then everything comes from those styles. And I just think Castlevania wasn't to be ignored. You can't just say, oh, it's a Metroid-style shooter or a Metroid-style action. I, I just think that that's, since it's iconic, that's why it's in. But I don't know what style specifically from Super Castlevania would, or even original Castlevania, would be so influential in that term. Hmm. Uh, um, maybe items or RPG elements? I don't know. Yeah, that's more the Vania side. <laughs> Is yeah. it? Okay. Metroid, it was more about getting upgrades, and, you know, True. you always had, like, an ammo. Yeah, there was no rich story like in Metroid. Yeah. It was just action, oh, yeah, and there was some yeah. kind of subplot, but there was no, like, rich story right. elements. It was sort of like atmospheric storytelling, right, is what mm-hmm. everybody says about Super Metroid, yeah. It was definitely no voice acting. All you heard was just random sound effects from the monsters. Ugh, could like, you imagine voice acting in Super Metroid? <laughs> yeah. I mean, thank goodness there's like barely any dialogue. But... I'm going to drain your energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what? I will send you into another dimension. <laughs> Ridley comes in. I think there was dialogue, though. There was, yeah, a little bit of dialogue. Yeah, it's like the last Metroid is in captivity. Yeah. The universe is saved. It's like, are we going into a museum right now? Is that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a tiny bit you're right uh but thank goodness not all over that thing um i so i think that my theory is it's difficult to tell uh the two parts of metroidvania apart because we're so familiar with the development of this subgenre uh and we see it pieced together so often um like so say like symphony of the night itself has a lot of like metroid stuff in it it seems like 
uh, <laughs> with the backtracking and so on and so forth. It's not like really broken down into levels so much. Well, if I may, I mean, yeah, I want to read the, uh, the the yes, I want to read the little the first uh, intro to uh, the web Wikipedia of Metroidvania. Metroidvania is a subgenre of action adventure video games. The term is a portmanteau of the game series Metroid and Castlevania. Metroidvania games use game design and mechanics that are similar to the games of these two series. Specifically, the term derives from the Castlevania title, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, oh, okay. So I this know, was the first Metroidvania. I, I think this is where they actually created the portmanteau. Uh, uh, and many games of the franchise would come after that are generally considered to contain certain aspects of gameplay comparable to those of the Metroid series of games. I uh, see. Which so, makes as, sense. Uh, yeah. As such, the term to invoke gameplay concepts and mechanics similar to the That's very repetitive, whoever wrote this. Uh, it says the same <laughs> it's thing Wikipedia. three times. It's yeah. Wikipedia. I know, yeah. <laughs> so so we can I'll edit that, yeah. Later. Yeah, at the end, <laughs> so, it's yeah, like, so it's... it takes Metroid, and it takes <laughs> Castlevania, and it smashes them together. So it's we like, called them like ca- Castle Troid. Castle Troid, <laughs> which would sound amazing if they said, called it Castle Troid. Oh, sounds, like sounds like a pharmaceutical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need two doses of Castle Troid to <laughs> you know what I need when I have a headache? Castle Troy. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Alucard. Playing as Alucard. We mentioned this oh. a little bit earlier. I loved that you could play as Alucard. Oh, yeah. Um, he is so cool. I yeah, it nev- was the coolest one. It's cooler than a Belmont. Sorry yeah. to say. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I never thought yeah. there was anything that interesting about a guy with a whip. To yeah, my, my joke yeah. was always, like, I didn't play too much Castlevania as a kid, but uh, my joke was always, you're about to go fight a vampire, you brought a whip. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool. I found, I found this holy water on the way. Like, oh, what? Inside the castle. Like, yeah, in the oh, castle. Inside. Why did I keep that in that candle? Yeah, Dracula's <laughs> like, I should have thrown out the holy water. But yeah, <laughs> let him just throw this axe in a circular yeah, motion. And the crosses? Of using so like, hide the proper. crosses a little better. <laughs> My goodness. Hide yeah. all the stuff in the candles. He'll let never me... look. <laughs> let me use a Bible to, like, as a shield, I'm sure it'll just fly around me. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think that um, playing as Alucard was was cool. Uh, playing cool. as a Belmont, uh, you know, Richter, Simon, whatever. It's there's a coolness factor there, but it's not like this is the Bishunen of of uh, Castlevania characters. I mean, silver hair. The, the coolness of the Belmonts evolved with this, the coolness of the series. It was yeah. it wasn't cool because. Oh, I'm this guy with a whip, and I'm going to go whip a vampire in the face. <laughs> the vampire's just like, what the heck, yeah. man? That Ow. really stings, bro. Yeah, like, but what are you doing? I'm a vampire. You can't kill a vampire with a whip in the face. That's ridiculous. Uh, that hurts. Yeah. So Alucard, favorite spells, abilities, weapons? Uh, I actually thought it was really cool that you could have, uh, you know, as a la Castlevania, you have your main weapon, uh, but you can actually change it out. That's great. Yeah. And then you have your sub weapons, of course, your daggers, your your the <laughs> holy waters, your all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you even had your your combo spells, which I thought was a cool additive, but I don't know. Did you guys ever use those with any kind of effectiveness or I mean, they were cool that they were in there, but I wasn't sitting there be like back forward, circle towards <laughs> and then X. Woo! I, Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. I never really uh, found a lot of use out of that, but I thought it was cool they were in there. But yeah, I, I think, did think it was cool to choose your weapon, which <laughs> yeah. gave variety. I think I just did it just to hear Alucard say his lines. Like, there was, like, the... I can't remember the name of the spell, but you feed on the blood of your enemies, and he just goes, like, Dark Metamorphosis. It was called Dark Metamorphosis. That's the name of the spell. <laughs> that was the yes. name? Oh, so um, there goes my yeah, yeah. <laughs> thought process. It was uh, an achievement on Xbox uh, to do all the spells at least once. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And so that's the only reason I ever did them. Otherwise, they were completely useless to me. <laughs> mm. There was also that, I think you needed the Alucard sword equipped, but he, like, travels to, he splits it to the other end of the screen and hits oh, you and from behind. Oh, and then swipes back. Yeah, it's like a, a clone spell or a, a doppelganger. And I think they actually do an homage to that in the anime on Netflix. Like, he does that kind of, like, zips around to the behind Richter and, like, tries to hit him with the sword or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I can almost guarantee that was, like, an homage to Symphony of the Night. Mm. Could I actually been. didn't put those together. I just thought, hey, he's a vampire, so he's like crazy fast. That's what he does. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, just doing vampire things. Uh, yeah. So I want to I want to drop the bomb here and say uh, shape shifting. Shape shifting oh, was yeah. maybe the most mind blowing thing to me. That was so cool. Yeah, I was but like, not only can you turn can into turn... mist, but then poison gas, and you'd be like, you try to hit me now, well, I kill you, bro, <laughs> dude. And a bat and a wolf. I mean, like it's yeah. straight up like this is like legit vampiric stuff uh, like the wolf was a little him. clunky but yeah. uh useful and you had to use the wolf to run and speed and then jump to get through that waterfall to get to that secret area yeah and, my yeah. goodness oh do you remember like when you turn into the bat and you have the bat familiar equipped he has like little hearts in yeah, yeah. Like, it loves you it's like <laughs> hi hi it's like dude you just saw me turn into this bat this is not a real bat but i love you now <laughs> Uh, yeah, the one, oh, that, for, you're right. Yeah. The metamorphosis, that that whole, that was super cool. It's such a yeah. great, you know, mechanic maybe the most memorable thing for me from Alucard's arsenal of abilities. Well, with that, how about the backstep? Did you guys use utilize oh, the backstep? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. my first time through, I'm like, I'm never going to use it, and I never did. And then I started to find mm-hmm. use for it when I started replaying. And then I found out doing my replays that you backstep faster than you run. So I'm just like mm-hmm. uh, moonwalking through the entire game. <laughs> so that... It also makes an interest. I, lo- I love the sound it makes. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's cool until the seven hundred and thirty-eight thousandth time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but you then you it. put on Billie Jean, right? Yeah, and just start moving backwards. Maria is not my girl. <laughs> Dracula is my father. Oh, dude, there's so much great music in this episode. I just want to say, <laughs> you know. It's a we're audiophiles as well. Okay, so bosses. Oh man, yeah. Uh, uh, what was the one that was like super hard? That was like three stories tall. What was his name? Oh, the big yellow like robot thingy yes. with like the rod that shot lightning at you. Yeah, and uh, the best thing is that if, if you started it, if you ran all the way up to a platform and started slashing the back mm-hmm. of his head, you could kill him quickly. Oh. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> I gotta remember that for next time. Yeah. yeah, he was one of the hardest. Oh, ones. he was so yeah. hard. Yeah, um, and if you didn't have poison gas, a lot of the the bosses were super hard because it was like that was your panic button. It was like, oh crap, he's gonna hit me. Poison gas. <laughs> poison gas. Yeah. Why not just poison gas everything? Uh, the one that creeped me out was that giant like zombie thing that was like hanging on meat hooks. Oh yeah, the one that you had to like chip away Ooh, at. Yeah. And, like yeah, every oh, time yeah. I fight it, I'm just like ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> super gross. <laughs> Oh my god! Super gross. But my favorite uh, boss. Oh, it's monster, called Legion. Was that one? Legion was the the, the yeah. bodies. The bodies in a sphere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Galamoth was the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Galamoth, yeah okay. I couldn't remember the name of that one, yeah, but I, I did look it. up Legion because I remember that one being my favorite, uh, named for a biblical reference, right? Um, and uh, he also had a different name. I think it was called like Grand. Falloon yeah, Grand Falloon, which version. is a, a a quote from uh, or reference to uh, Cat's Cradle. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, oh, yeah, I yeah. think. Um, oh. And uh, so, yeah, it's well, a double reference boss, I guess, to some literature. <laughs> but, um, yeah, deep. I just liked that 
it was such a unique concept for a boss. Uh, like when I was fighting, I was just like blown away that this was actually the boss that I was fighting, a shell of bodies. Well, again, that was a, them utilizing the 3D power of a game, yeah. but in a 2D fashion. Like, that yeah. was obviously the, the 3D technology of having... And, and the bodies just falling while you were fighting was just yeah. so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they screamed, too. You hear this, ah, yeah. as the bodies were falling. Just to make it um, creepier. Yeah. I, I don't know which one I would say is my favorite, uh, but the one I, you know, I found the most interesting, and I think it was in the Inverted Castle, where you actually fight like zombie clones of like uh, Trevor Belmont and Sypha Belnades and Grant Dynasty. So basically oh, everyone yeah, from that Alucard, Castle 83. Yeah, everyone he fought with, like he's now got to fight. And they all have their unique abilities. Like Grant's just like sneaking around on the ceiling. Sypha's casting spells. And oh yeah, they Trevor's were a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was just such a... I love that though. I love when they shout out references to previous games. Like there's actual continuity uh, between Symphony and like Castlevania Three and and Roundo of Blood. I you know that I just that was just quite endearing for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the creature design it it kind of reminds me of um, I don't know if you guys have, have seen this stuff before. I just sent you a link. Uh, this is from uh, Gustave Doré, um, who uh, did like wood cuts, wood prints, uh, and a lot of um, black and white art. Um, that just kind of captured a lot of uh, sort of the Renaissance, the Renaissance sensibility of the human form. Um, but just he would he would illustrate. Oh, those um, are great. Yeah, illustrate biblical scenes, uh, classic literature scenes, uh, the the starkness of uh, of the characters that he designs. Like here's one uh, vision. Oh, of this death. guy had some demons. Jeez. Yeah. No, he drew some like insane, crazy stuff. Um, what year was he alive? Like, oh, let me see here. This is. I was gonna say he's. Uh, I'm sure uh, Lovecraft maybe took and Poe maybe took some uh, leads yeah. from him. Yeah. This guy's. Um, 1832 uh, to 1883. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. Uh, French artist, printmaker, illustrator, comics artist, caricaturist, and sculptor who worked primarily with wood engraving. So I've got a. Um, I've actually got a uh, a Bible somewhere that um, only uses his illustrations, and he did like a lot. I might have been a hundred. Um, he was around the same time as Edgar Allan Poe, and uh, I know uh, Lovecraft took a lot of inspiration from Poe, and probably this guy, honestly. Yeah, most certainly. So yeah, yeah he's got some here. Like there's a with some angelic stuff and some yeah. demonic together. Paradise some, Lost. Oh, wow. um, so yeah, very good art. Check it out later on. But a lot of the character and creature design in Symphony of the Night uh, reminded me of of Doré. Um, there's yeah, just see that yeah that beautiful was, sensibility uh, of of uh, the anatomy as elegant and and um, pristine. Yeah, not 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 so like action hero kind of a thing. Not so comic booky. Not so over exaggerated musculature and and stuff like that. But sort of. Representing, like, sometimes you look at the human form and you're just like, man, like, why are human legs so stubby? <laughs> it's because, the comic book, uh, yeah, you're used to the comic book, it, yeah. like, idealized versions of the, of the human body. Um, I think it was like the Barbie doll where your legs twice as long as your torso. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what were you what saying, Aaron? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, didn't mean to cut anything. No, 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 go ahead. Um, no, you're good. I think it was Ayami Kojima that did the artwork for it. And yes. I believe it was the first in the series to really introduce that sort of elegant gothic style. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she stuck around, I think, until it was Dawn of Sorrow. And then they were going into a more like uh, anime, like 
hugely anime direction where it was like just carbon copied like off uh you know basically anything you would see like on anime tv and but she came back i think yeah bloodstained she came back because those are all bloodstained oh wow yeah Yeah. i uh, bloodstained was a great homage to uh i mean it was almost a carbon copy update it's like if you're missing symphony of the night play bloodstained oh yeah and um i do feel like they ramped up the difficulty level to like almost cuphead levels for me. Jeez, man. Yeah, there were some bosses. I'm like, I have to actually go back and grind to be able to fight this boss. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, so at least you game. didn't have to Very do that beautiful. in Cuphead. That was one thing I was like, Cuphead's a great <laughs> game, and like at least it's just like boss rush. So if you lose, you don't lose like all this progression, like a level right, yeah. before it. You know. You don't need oh, like save states. With that, let's talk about one of my actually that's something I'd fix in the game. I have to go back to that. When yeah. you die in Symphony of the Night. You have to go to the death screen, and then it kicks you to the title screen. Then you have to go to the load, and then you have to load the game back up. And I'm like, ugh. That's your punishment for losing. Like, that's that's a punishment. That actually was something that needed to be fixed. We had the technology back then. Game over. (laughs) And I was like, ugh. I didn't want to die just because I didn't want to wait to have to attempt again. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's the game's punishment for you. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a solid punishment. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Didn't uh, a lot of the monsters really have these like little sound bites if you listen uh, close enough? Uh, what's that freaky like marionette like girl marionette oh, thing? Yeah. And she goes like hee 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 hee. Or the in the marble gallery there was this like uh, it was like a plant monster kind of like uh, oh, yeah it was like Audrey too yeah. <laughs> and then when you kill it it goes like. Ee! And then it just blows up. Yeah, and it explodes in fire. Yeah, <laughs> great effect though. I love. I love when, it, you know, monsters don't just die; they like combust over a period of like five seconds. Yeah. Okay, so we got a question here from Jay Torto Forty, the Slipstream Mage. Awesome dude. Uh, this is on Twitter. Since the bosses throughout this game, and other Castlevanias are drawn from horror and mythology. Is there any boss or monster you would like to add if you had the chance? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, as an avid H.P. Uh, Lovecraft fan, as I had been mentioning before, um, I think Cthulhu is underrepresented. <laughs> Cthulhu is just that little, like, hulking demon with, like, tiny wings that shouldn't be able to carry a, a, a demon that that yeah. large. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't have any face tentacles or anything, as Cthulhu is generally uh, depicted. Uh, I would have liked to see a grand boss Cthulhu of some sort. Ooh, that would have been that cool. Been, that like would have been three stories cool. high, or as tall as they can fit. You know exactly. In, in, you know, it's like that room. giant bipedal humanoid with octopus face <laughs> Cthulhu. I would have loved to see that representation. But otherwise, no. I, I felt like everything was. Uh, I thought there were really cool uh, iterations of a lot of different stuff from mythology and biblical stuff. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I. I I'm super into that stuff. Uh, what do you What do you got, Eros? Someone um, for that question? Well, you know, in modern, because I'm a big horror buff. You know, I write short stories all the time. But there oh, was cool. one type that you know is not really used a lot, but it is kind of making a resurgence nowadays. It's uh, Have you ever heard of like the Wendigo from like uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The Algonquin and the Ogiwa. <laughs> Uh, Even from uh, Supernatural. Supernatural, that's right, yeah. <laughs> that's um, right. <laughs> uh, until Dawn, you know, that video game that made, you know, great use of the lore. Um, but, yeah, it's basically, there've been, there's not really any one accepted view on what they look like. 
probably the most iconic one is the one that's like got the lower part of a man and then the upper part is sort of like a stag or a, a deer mm-hmm. or something like that. And I always thought that would have been an interesting boss because like the legend is like they they're cannibals. So basically as a vampire kind of like drinks blood, like the Wendigo would kind of eat, you know, like run up to Alucard and like eat his flesh or something like that and would heal. You know, like I think there were, it was boss. a hunter that became like a forest demon and lures hunters in and then eats them and stuff. But yeah, that would have been a that would have been a cool enemy. Yeah, yeah. like like this giant like stag. I like, think they had yeah. a Wendigo, but it was misrepresented was it? again. Oh, I think it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was just some like like wolf demon that was like a. I mean, this is also I think another nod to Symphony of the Night is that mm-hmm. even like the sub bosses or even like the monsters were all so unique. Yeah, and specifically yeah. designed. Again, they didn't just use like palette swaps. Like, oh, here's the Cthulhu or the Wendigo, but it's red instead of green. And it's like, uh. no, I think ha- they were all unique. Didn't they have like a Yasagoth or what was that thing from? Yeah. Uh, yeah I didn't know that how to, was... yeah, that's, that's also a Lovecraftian. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Never know how to pronounce those. Yeah. yeah. Just throw pronunciations at it oh, and see uh, what sticks. Yeah. Like maybe the Yamada no Orochi uh, from the Kojiki, like a Japanese lore was like an eight headed dragon. Right. Yeah. That was and... on Okami. Yeah. 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 So like, you had like seven heads and you had to like slice them all off. But mm-hmm. then like after you beat the monster, you would actually get the Kusanagi sword. Cause that was the legend that uh, the tail had the Kusanagi sword, which translates to grass cutter, I believe. But basically it's J- Japan's answer to like Excalibur uh, in the UK. But mm-hmm. uh, that always, I love that story from the Kojiki. You know, I'm, I'm just a big Japanese history uh, fanatic. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, uh... I'm trying to think of different um, things. It's kind of hard to separate uh, some monsters from like a really specific uh, cultural context. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they like, got Cerberus and stuff like that yeah. in the Greek and yeah, right. And so um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night has a very specific uh, kind of culture that it, it it represents. You know, you've got sort of like the European and the Greek in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like things that came to my mind were some like, uh, like Polynesian myths and stuff like that I was like, but that would be weird. <laughs> like just all randomly that, and I was like a chupacabra and I was like, that would also be strange. Um, Did they have a chupacabra? I want to say like, I think in the, this game, uh, there was something like there was a difference between the American and Japanese, uh, titles for some of the monsters. I mean, uh, I don't know if that was like one of the flea men or something, but. Hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. Could have yeah, been. Those men. guys were yeah. jerks. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Stop hopping. Hold still. Um, so I was trying to think of something that was, like, unique in, like, something that we hadn't really seen too frequently. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I – and then, you know, rem- trying to remember, like, biblical references and things like that. And I thought of Ezekiel's wheels. Um, oh. With, which, if you're not familiar in uh, the uh, Major Prophets book of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. there's a vision that he has of something that's kind of difficult to like picture in your head, but it's it seems to be uh, wheels within wheels as sort of kind of a a mechanism, oh. and uh, it seems to be related to his perspective of the throne of God or something like that, um, but it would be a really interesting uh, use of the game's 3D effects if you had kind of these multiple wheels spinning within themselves. 
like platforming. It would be like almost like the clock tower where you had to like kind of jump from gear to gear and probably have to damage. Yeah, maybe you had to damage each uh, circle as you move toward the center Mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, Most of the bosses, though, are sort of uh, like dark oriented or like hellish in this Mm -hmm. game, though. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't exactly fit unless you had like a like a fallen angels version of the the prophecy of wheels or something. Well, like they could that. have done it with gears since the castle is like this living mechanism. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that. There was you still kind of there's the reference there and maybe in the center there's like a light that you, like a dead light or something that you have to get to. In uh, uh, Bloodlines you actually fight this in a, you know at the time it used uh, 3D effects but it's like in Germany in the German level you fight this like it's almost like gears kept together by like these tendrils or something, but the gears are in a pseudo 3d fashion. So that would have been an interesting effect. Like maybe the gears come alive and like they, you know, form a mass or something like that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they could have did with that concept. And to my mind, I can't, I mean, I haven't played a ton of horror games, but I can't Mm -hmm. think of a boss that's exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's still plenty of, plenty of, um, your religious history and literature and mythology and all kinds of stuff that people can pull from um, that maybe hasn't been done before or hasn't been done too much. I mean, you kind of see, you know, like chimeras all the time, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, there's, there's still things that they could do. So all that to make that point, Uh, like one of those ugly, like they could make like an ugly mermaid siren, you know, like ones with like the, (laughs) like the boar faces and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that. It's always like, if you have a mermaid, they're going to be beautiful. There was, like, one book in, like, elementary school I would uh, get out of our library, like, every two weeks. I don't know if you guys read it. Uh, It's called The Creature Catalog. And Mm. I think it was by the same authors as the Berenstein Bears, um, (laughs) to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I can't Sounds familiar, but I I can't recall it specifically. I'll try to post it up on uh, Twitter, but yeah, I just, I love that book because it had like all these different monsters and all these like really beautiful uh, illustrations that went with it. But yeah, I mean, like I love learning about monsters from other cultures. I mean, it's just such a great pastime. (laughs) Yeah. There's some interesting things. I mean, like it's interesting that to me that there's a lot of like uh, Lilliputian like monsters and creatures in a lot of different cultures. So like in Hawaiian, uh, there's the these creatures called the Menehune, which are basically just like really really small humans. When I was a kid camping, my dad uh, took like my brother's shoes and put them on the roof of the the van that we were sleeping in. And when we woke up in the morning, he's like, oh, "The Menehune have been here," and it terrified <laughs> me. It's like tiny people watching me sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then you've got yeah like gnomes in other cultures, and so there's like parallels to these myths. Um, and you would think that the Hawaiian culture would be pretty isolated. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really fascinates me about the subject of myth is uh, commonalities between them all. That's true. Yeah. Every every uh, culture has dragons of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Um, so moving on here uh, to the inverted castle. This is from uh, RS Podcast on Twitter who said, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about the inverted castle. I think that while it's conceptually interesting, its execution was pretty dull. It had repetitive music, and the mist and bat power-ups invalidate all exploratory challenge. Uh, I really like this concept, and I'm like on the fence here. So what's what's your guys' opinion on the inverted castle? Is it just... 
is it kind of a lazy way to extend the game or does it provide a meaningful experience? I think it provides at least an expanded view of the game because there are multiple endings to it. You mm-hmm. can take the short, um, you know, quasi-spoilers here, but you could take the short approach of just finishing the one castle by killing Richter or you could, like, you know, spare him and then you go to the inverted castle for a longer playthrough. So there's that difference in what kind of play style you want to do or what endings satisfy you. But, yeah, there is, I think, an offshoot. There's a trade-off because there's not really a lot of plot in the inverted castle. Like, you have maybe one cutscene with death when you fight the Grim Reaper, mm-hmm. and then it's all mm-hmm. the way to the end for the final boss fight. So I could have used some more cutscenes, maybe even, like, what if there was, like, a demonic light? librarian you know in the inverted castle yeah upside down, <laughs> like, yeah yeah he like yeah. talks in backwards talk or something like that he's is sitting on the ceiling but he sells you like uh i don't know like bad items or maybe items that are cursed <laughs> or something like that you know everything's just, overpriced some, yeah, yeah. Just something like, that. <laughs> like well why do i gotta use this yeah, it, they could have they could have pulled from um uh, some of lewis carroll's through the looking glass oh, yeah, too yeah. right as kind of a parallel um, mm-hmm. Mirror reverse. Was there a Jabberwocky reference in this game? I think I there was think there a Jabberwocky. Was. Uh, Vorpal Blade was one right of the there. weapons. Um, okay. Well, there's the reference then. Vorpal Blade. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a que- this was a question series of questions from SMB Flurry on Twitter. I missed it earlier, but I want to put it here. Uh, Symphony in- Symphony of the Night has aged incredibly well, and there aren't many quality of life features that it's missing. Maybe a mini map, better warping, so you don't have to cycle through warp points. Can you think of any? And so I was going to tag that on to how you, would you fix the game, but let's interpret it as um, what would you do to make the inverted castle more meaningful? So Eros, I like those answers that you that you've given. Um, you know, maybe like a different librarian or or more cutscenes and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. like with the succubus thing. Like imagine if there was like a reflected succubus i don't know like a more angelic uh (laughs) thing about that but you know like something to actually fill in the gap because it just Mm -hmm. felt like there was there was all you did was exploration you know there was no denouement there was no like plot twists uh, until the very end of the game do you remember uh in metal gear solid 3 Mm-hmm. Uh, when snake you snake eater, yes, yeah, snake, <laughs> snake eater. There's <laughs> another one of those memes, like you can't say snake eater without somebody going snake eater. Anyway, climb a ladder. <laughs> uh, you remember the boss of the sorrow, um, mm-hmm. where you had to trudge through the river towards him, and you had to fight every enemy that you killed. Yeah, it was great. It's such yeah, a great that's boss an battle. interesting idea. So imagine mm. if in the inverted castle, um. The inverted castle was filled with every enemy that you killed in the regular Ooh. castle, and maybe there was some kind of goal to re-kill every one of those enemies and kind of refine them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but populating that castle with, like, let's say you kind of overkilled enemies in the first. I grinded <laughs> for money yeah, the first so, time. Yeah. And imagine, so I would have yeah. been like the PlayStation one couldn't handle yeah. that. Kind of it's a cool processing. idea, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. The hardware couldn't have sustained it. Maybe but like a if boss they did, rush mode, yeah. yeah, you enter a room and there's like, you know, a hundred wolves in there. Like, what would you do? So that would be a cool idea. I don't know. I agree that the inverted castle probably could have had more to it to make it even like make the breadth of the entire game more like, wow. The, it's like, you know, uh, uh, 
what is it, Legend of Zelda on Super Nintendo, when you, you finally, you, you get to the dark world, you're like, whoa, the game's still going? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's, I figured that would have been great, but I, I really didn't have any hate for the inverted castle, because I'm like, well, I've already done this before, but now it's upside down, so right. let's get through it. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have a problem, like, rushing through the inverted castle, uh, and I honestly think that they probably had to have des- level design in mind to make sure that it worked. You know, the inverted right. castle also worked. I mean, you have to think of the game upside down the other way. So I agree with you guys that adding some story elements could have made it even bigger. But I I, I didn't necessarily have any anger yeah, towards yeah. it or there, there wasn't, disappointment. I didn't find, you know, I didn't really find it so much dull, uh, more just passive. But, you yeah. know, yeah. I was never yeah. bored I can see where he's coming exploring from, it. Yeah, but I can mm. understand if, if certain players just didn't like the, would it be fair to say, the third act of the game? Mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah um i yeah i kind of get that too that it's not something i find contemptible but uh it's something you kind of wish there was a little more done with it a little um, more meat to it yeah yeah a little more meat it's an interesting mm-hmm. idea um but yeah maybe something that could have um been a little more explored so um series context series context what's your favorite castlevania game this one Easily. This one? Simply yeah. tonight. Easy, yeah. Best in what the about series, you, Eros? Yeah. Lock it in. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like, in terms of everything, visual, audio, gameplay mechanics, it really is in, like, if not my top five, definitely in my top ten greatest video games ever made, like Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time, it would definitely be that tier of a game. Mm-hmm. I concur. Yeah. Um, I've only played Castlevania 64, my first one. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Castlevania NES, and then uh, Super Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Um, so Super Castlevania is great. It is. Yeah. It's lovely. It's really great. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not Symphony of the Night. So, hundred percent correct. Symphony of the Night. Sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. After oh. you. Uh, well, I, I think I said this in my Castlevania um, anthology review. Uh, where in Super Castlevania 4, like, was the first game to introduce the mechanic of, like, brandishing the whip in, like, a 360-degree motion. Yeah. And Richter does that thing, too. In oh, you hold it out and whip it around? Yeah, and... yeah. And I was like, I don't, like, whoever can use a whip like a nunchuck is, like, <laughs> beyond my understanding. While he's totally still. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> telekinetically. Holds his arm. He's using his, the digits of his fingers, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, but Richter could do that in Symphony of the Night when yeah, he plays Richter. True. And he could <laughs> backflip. <laughs> it became canon. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is a question from Kritz McCritz. Uh, Symphony of the Night was great. Maybe I'm leading a bit here, but am I the only one who sees substantial similarities in overall gameplay, exploration focus, use of tools, etc., with Simon's Quest on the NES? What hmm. similarities and differences do you see between the two? I've not played Simon's Quest, so I'll defer to you two. I loved Simon's Quest. I'm one of the few who loved Simon's Quest. Uh, a lot of people hated that game because mm. it. I mean, it was literally, I guess, impossible to figure some things out without Nintendo Power telling you what to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that like, was me. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you know, he's like, oh, you have to get this orb, and you have to go to the statue, and you have to crouch down for five seconds, and then the tornado takes you away to the other place, and you're like, how would I know this? <laughs> yeah. Like nowhere in the game does it actually tell you to do this that was my experience so, with zelda 2 i was like how could anybody figure this out I, oh yeah, yeah. i oh. think i wrote that down uh, once again in the anthology review of like you know players looking for a very 
I would say like overly complicated challenge where there is no like straight answer, you know, try Simon's quest. Um, I would say, you know, the action RPG quality, but also the shop system is carried over, I think, from Simon's Quest. Because you had to do a lot of, like, grinding for money to get, like, the certain items. I, I think you even needed those to finish the game. Yeah, and I mean, this had, aside from Simon's Quest, this is the only other one that really had this kind of story element of talking to people, like, yeah, going yeah. around and doing stuff. I mean, you know, Castlevania 1 and 3... Uh, we're literally just, I'm in the castle, go to the end, you know, and that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even Super Castlevania 4 was like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually remember seeing in the, in the Wikipedia that I guess uh, when, uh, when Igarashi was pitching this to Konami, he used Legend of Zelda series and Simon's Quest uh, to say that's more focused oh, on exploration and whatnot oh. uh, when he did pitch it. So, uh, so inspiration was from Zelda and from Castlevania 2. Hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. there you go. There's evidence right there, then. That's right. That's crazy. At least somebody wrote that there's evidence, so you believe Wikipedia <laughs> as much as you want. Right. Well, hopefully it's got one of those little, like, blue numbers next to it, and you can go down and look at the original source. It does. Yeah. Uh, that's there's a lot of 27. Peop- oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, don't trust anything that Wikipedia <laughs> says. It'll kill you. And it was like, you know, it links to, like, things, right? I mean, if it links to, like, a dude's blog from, like, 2002... Yeah. yeah, maybe not. But but if it links to a publication or to you know a news source or to a director's interview or something like that, oh, yeah. that's totally that's what viable. We need. we need a J store for like video game articles. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Hey, somebody invent that right now. You know what, guys? I gotta go. I'm gonna take care of that. Uh, so okay, let's uh, let's see. Um, what are some other Castlevania games that you guys have played. What's like your second favorite Castlevania? Super Castlevania 4. Okay. That's for me. And that's the yeah. one where there's a burning uh there's a, like a burning village at the start of the game, right? I think that was Rondo. Um so yeah, I haven't played Rondo. Sorry, Super Castlevania. I think it was like the horses stable. I think you start at like you fight oh, this like a uh, skeletal yeah. horse at the end or something. I think it was I gotta like I got to replay it on my Switch to to find out. Okay, but the like <laughs> the rotating long. tunnel is Super mm-hmm. Castlevania 4, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. That was that. All right. Rotoscoping. Yeah, that was the the SNES uh 3D uh you know graphic Yeah, the mode 7. <laughs> like that Medusa fight is still my favorite, you know, just the way the lush animation with their snakes as the hair like moves in tandem with like the human upper body. It was almost like they were going for like photorealism. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some of the but, stuff that they could do on the Super Nintendo. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, what about favorite, you, Eros? Uh, oh, second sorry. favorite, Castlevania. Uh, second favorite next to Symphony of the Night, probably Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. I think that is on the mini Genesis now. Uh, yeah, I believe so, too. yeah. yeah. Also on the Anthology collection, so another reason why uh, if you haven't, you should probably pick it up. Um, but no, I mean, it gave you variety as far as which player to use, you know, similar to like Mega Man X4 or um uh like any like you know fighting game really but like you had the choice between john morris who used the traditional whip or you could use eric lacard who fought with a spear and you know i did play that back yeah you rented it from blockbuster (laughs) yeah oh yeah back in the days of you blockbuster that was exactly (laughs) that was the days but no i mean like it and, you know, the unique thing about it is it was the first game to actually utilize Bram Stoker's Dracula as being canonical to the series. Like, 
John Morris was the son of Quincy Morris, who was the character from the book who died fighting Dracula. Mm-hmm. And then they did a Portrait of Ruin, you know, about a decade or so later, and that starred Jonathan Morris, who was the son of John John Morris. And oh, later dang. games like established that the because uh, Eric Lacard uses something called the Lacard Spear, but later games actually say no, the actual name was the Alucard Spear. And Alucard actually forged that. I think it was in Castlevania Judgment where uh, Alucard, it's like a fighting game, but when Alucard faces off against Eric Lacard, like they have some like sna- uh, snappy dialogue with each other. And Alucard's like, ah, that, that lance, to think I would gaze upon it again. And like Eric uh, says, like, even you, the creator of the spear, doubts my strength or something like that. It, it, you know, it's just, I love the hmm. canonicity, the continuity. It's almost like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but done to video games. Mm, the lore that connects yeah. it all. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. Um, well, uh, let's see here. Let's get to some audience comments and questions uh, and kind of the tail end of this show here. So this is from uh, Little Low Gamer, who said, basically, thank you for bringing this gem back to life with your podcast. Hope to hear of this from y'all. Would love to talk and discuss this game with others. Great choice. I couldn't agree more. Yes. That's why I jumped. Absolutely. I jumped at the opportunity. <laughs> I was like, "You're talking about this. Include me." Symphony <laughs> of the night. We need yeah. to do this. It's Halloween. We need to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, since we're doing it a little early, it's actually not going to be super close to Halloween. So I was like, "What game do I want to talk we're about?" Within we're within. Yeah. We're within. Yeah. October yeah. is October is like Halloween Eve, and then mm-hmm. October thirty first is is Halloween. Um, I yes. joke that October thirty first is Christmas Eve. Uh, oh. As soon as it's <laughs> are over, you going to start playing oh, dude, Christmas music? I'm one of those people that adores like Christmas music. Now, not Xmas music. Pod over. I'm out of here. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I do not. I do not like rock like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. In no my jingle house. bell rock for you, bro. No, no, no. Not Xmas uh, music. I'm talking about like, yeah. like, yeah, like, like the the crazy, like, beautiful stuff. Again, classical. You know, Trans Siberian like, Orchestra. Yeah, like if I can hear monks singing "God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen," like I will listen to that all day. Mm. Or I think Christmas it, music it, belongs only in December, ye- from December first <laughs> to December thirty first, but and not a day before or after. But November first is Christmas Eve, <laughs> and then yeah, and then there's Thanksgiving uh, in there, and then there's more Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, yeah. there was Guy Fox Day. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday, so. I'm I'm getting ready. I got my Saint Nick Father Christmas ho- costume on right now. We're gonna now. argue about this oh. like we argue about the Netflix series of. Christmas. Oh yeah, which is coming. Which <laughs> oh, is coming. No. Oh, okay. uh, uh Let's see. So the, here's a here's a um, a comment from Umbral Ice. Symphony of the Night is such a stellar game and will always be my favorite in the series. I play through it just about once, if not twice a year. I've not played it that frequently. But I do. Want I've to played it a lot, but I have not played it that frequently because yeah. it's a long game. I mean, I haven't yeah. speed ran it, but uh, if you do speed run it, you're going to see sliding backwards the entire time. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those it's games you have way. to grind, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. just to get, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like so satisfying, but it, it takes so much work. And unfortunately, you know, you know, getting older, we all have responsibilities and it's just, yeah. you can't really commit to that long of a playthrough, you know, without really setting aside a lot of time for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But bravo to you, Umbralice. I think that that's definitely a game worthy of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Most certainly. If you can yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. It seems like mm-hmm. a good palate cleanser uh, game to me. 
um, mm-hmm. to to use between two really big games, like so you know, say super long RPGs or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting. I played Hollow Knight on uh, our good friend uh, Blue blues recommendation she was so emphatic about that game and after <laughs> yeah. i played it i was like wow this makes me want to play symphony of the night again and as soon as i finished it i had to <laughs> play turn symphony on symphony of the night. night i had to go through <laughs> and i regret nothing it was amazing yeah that's awesome <laughs> uh okay big question here this is Uh-oh. from overthinkery one on twitter also known as the sometimes vaguely philosophical mage uh, who said, I gotta ask about opinions on the Netflix series? <laughs> yeah. oh, it was coming. It was coming. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an amazing job done. I love that Trevor Belmont is a drunk, uh, <laughs> yep, yep, a yep. drunk, like, like black sheep mess up of the family who doesn't even want to fight monsters. He just wants to get drunk and wants people to leave him alone and then gets dragged back into responsibility and purpose. So I think it's I think it's great. It's too bad. What do you like, think, yeah. Red? <laughs> go, ahead, go for it. Well, go thanks for, for listening to the episode, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs> uh, I hated it. I I hated it. Uh, I don't understand. You. It's so good. Okay. The only thing I hated is the episodes are only fifteen minutes long. Yeah. It's too short. Yeah. Um, way too short. I I I just hated it. I I watched the was it four in the first season, right? Yeah. Yeah, four. Okay. Yep. When somebody so here's a couple of things on my thought process. Uh, when somebody tells me, oh, this show is amazing, but you just got to get through the first 15 episodes. I'm just like, then the show's not amazing. <laughs> like, imagine if you told somebody that you have to read this book. It'll change your life. But it's only good after the first 500 pages. That's like every I just be like, no, I'm not reading that. It's just like every what? What'd you say, Eros? Oh, it's basically like, you know, uh, all the anime that, you know, all my friends watch, they say, Oh, you know, this is such a great anime, but you know, you have to watch the first six or seven episodes. It's like, dude, I'm not. Yeah, like I don't. Season five is amazing, but you have to watch the first. Right, exactly. (laughs) Then it's like, don't give me a chore. Like this is entertainment. What? Why? What? Like, stop. Just stop and think about that for a second. Why are we living in a universe where it's normal to say about entertainment Mm -hmm. that you have to get through? This, you know xyz amount of episodes before it actually gets good like that's the standard that we that we live by and i don't i don't think that's like the biggest issue with castlevania on the netflix no, no, no. um I mean... at all but uh those first four episodes so a couple of things i didn't like i didn't like uh what i referred to as valley girl talk uh sanity you're in la so you know what i'm talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah. <laughs> where like you have just like people like i live it <laughs> yeah we're like right in the valley <laughs> right uh yeah when i uh, i picked up on a little bit of that and i was like i don't like this at all hmm. that's uh, how they totally talked back then yeah and like okay. what is this totally. like like the 1700s the 1600s <laughs> yes. and they're like dude dracula totally stood me up right yeah yeah, oh, yeah that it's that the vikings like we were vikings duh, duh. come on <laughs> oh, we made boats like out of people's bodies omg you guys <laughs> let's go rape and pillage yeah. That was not exactly the tonality. I appreciated that that character did annoy me, but it didn't. It did definitely didn't ruin the show it was for me. One of the few original characters they actually made specifically for the series, um, Godbrand. I think that was Godbrand. The one with the boats. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the that Godbrand was the uh, Viking di- vampire. I think yeah. when when I realized I I wasn't gonna like it was when I think this is early on. I can't remember which episode. Probably the first one. Uh, when they're in the bar and uh, there's like two drunks 
That's the opening scene yeah. of the entire Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, no, because I remember there was stuff being before that, but I must have misremembered it. So it's it was like, just like, you're like, that's I, the first oh, 10 was, seconds. That's right. It showed, um, that's right. That was the first time you introduced the Belmont. You're right. Okay. That was, uh, it showed the lead up of, of, uh, Dracula's, Dracula, Dracula's yeah. wife getting killed. Which I remember that, and I was like, yeah, this is legit. This is pretty cool. And then you went to that scene, and I was like, I don't That's like this it. dialogue at all. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I do like that it, this guy's a Belmont, and you now, know, see, he's that's one of the cool. best, and he gets his yeah. butt kicked. Like you said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the characterization of, of the protagonist. That's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Then he goes and throws up by a tree and passes out and yeah. wakes up, and, and on goes the story. Now, yeah. uh, okay, two other things, and then... Let's hear more positives about this. Uh, <laughs> um, I some of it came off to me as like edge lord stuff, like it's like they're like let's make it darker, let's make it rain blood, you guys. Let's let's make it okay. What if like the gore and the blood just like blowed out of their intestines? It just like at it's a definitely gory. Yeah, at a certain point, I was like, and there you know, gore can be like super effective, or it can just be like. Uh, like numbing you're just like at a certain point it felt to me like it was just like just like edgelord stuff um, I don't know I'm kind of used to that from my favorite anime of all time Berserk uh, oh, it's very dark Berserk is yeah. so good yeah. now, very again, gothic very dark I'm not and saying, very gory <laughs> I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the use of gore and darkness in in storytelling I just think that at a certain point uh, it gets uh, what's the word that I'm sure uh, gratuitous, moment. yeah, oh, gratuitous, yeah. where it's like mm-hmm. too much. Um, I could get that. Like yeah. dial it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, come on. I get yeah. that this is Castlevania, <laughs> but come on. Um, anyway, so there's that, and then lastly, the what I refer to as the animification of entertainment. Um, sanity. Earlier, I heard that you're an anime fan. We'll have to differ there as well. I sparingly watch anime. <laughs> uh, my favorite anime of all time is Cowboy Bebop, and then oh, there's a that is art. Oh, it is art, and then a massive oh, chasm, and then like everything else. Um, oh no, and then it. like Ghibli like films. Oh yeah, again, oh yeah, yeah it's well crafted. Okay. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Again, and, oh yeah, Spirited yeah. Away is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like my favorite uh, Ghibli yeah. is uh, Porco Rosso, but um, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> that's one that's violent and dark, but I think it uses that to make a point. And Neil it, Gaiman mm-hmm. wrote the screenplay for it. Yeah, so, it's like, it's it's well done. It's well presented. Um, so in Castlevania Netflix, I feel like there was a lot of like kind of a hyper cool factor um, that was coming in that I associate with anime. Um, yeah, that hits the tonality that anime generally hits. Yeah. So those those things in tandem. Uh, maybe not one. That's part of the reason I liked it. Right. Like, wow, this is really <laughs> yeah. well done. If that's your shtick, style. if that's yeah. your shtick, and you want you want anime, then yeah, you're gonna like it. If you got it, flaunt it. Yeah, I. But I do have to say with Cowboy Bebop that I watched it in Japan and I didn't understand a word of it, and I oh. still appreciated the hell out of it. Oh, it was still yeah. amazing. Oh, that I didn't music. need to understand, no. even though the dialogue's great. Yeah, but... Yoko Kano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. music um, phenomenal. So. Yeah, that's a work of art for sure. I'm trying to think, I mean. I love the series. I mean, that that that's just me. But I'm a Castlevania fanatic, so you could mm-hmm. say I was definitely yeah. biased. But <laughs> yeah, so um, maybe it's maybe Castlevania Netflix is one of those things that, like, if you like, th- if you like anime, if you like Castlevania, it's for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I think as uh, Eros was saying before about how you know he loves the, the canon carries over and, and like the the. Uh, 
cohesiveness of all the different series tied together mm-hmm. and they give a lot a lot of really nice nods to different parts of the series in you know the netflix oh anime. yeah so uh, that's always like a little like haha yay thank you <laughs> so you get those moments that <laughs> should, uh, are appreciated we go by the spoilers fans. here um yes oh you can spoil I, I so every podcast is spoilers cast but well, are you gonna the... spoil it you're gonna spoil castlevania netflix yeah well that would yeah that's why oh, i want to give a forewarning should we should we put a pin in that um Maybe because yeah, I don't know if people are like maybe I should watch the series now yeah, because they yeah, give it because these point. two guys liked it yeah I don't know that's up to you Red it's your pod um I hate it so spoil it now just kidding <laughs> uh, I want everybody to hate it yeah. my <laughs> ultimate revenge kidding. I'm just kidding spoil the crap out of yeah. um maybe yeah maybe we'll okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, in that one. yeah, we'll tone it back. Um, but a, you... a game that's 22 years old, yeah. we can spoil it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but if you can phrase what you're going to say without too much spoilery details, go ahead. Um, well, going by Sanity Sis, there's a lot of good homages to it. And just the level of depth to it, you know, they really took a lot of thought and care into, you know, what they were going to show uh, to the audience. I mean, there are liberties, uh, mind you. Like, it's not exactly there is. It is an adaptation of a specific mm-hmm. Castlevania game, but they. It was written by Warren Ellis, and he's like one of my favorite like writers for Marvel comics. I loved his run on Moon Knight, and he also did I think it was Desolation Jones, which I was a really big fan of. Uh, but the thing about the Castlevania Netflix series is that it's been in development for almost over 10 years. Like wow. news about this was coming it took out. took them 10 years to make eight 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, have you seen Kingdom Hearts three? It takes yeah. a long time to make art y'all. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the script for it written by Ellis has been around. Yeah. For that long. And, I think it was conceptualized as being like three OVAs. So like, you know, similar to Helsing Ultimate, it was going to come out in like maybe 90 minute increments uh, for three different uh, increments for that. But, you know, it just went in, it, it went into like developmental uh, lull there and no one heard anything. I was just like, you know, distraught because I didn't think it was going to come out at all. And then what did I hear from Netflix is that not only is it coming back, but Adi Shankar is the showrunner and he did like the, he was producer for like the movie Dread, which you're talking about gratuitous amounts of gore. <laughs> That's definitely the movie. And I was thinking, you know. For a Castlevania thing, that could probably go over pretty well. And, you know, the voice cast alone drove me to it. You had, like, what, Graham McTavish as um, as Dracula and also Richard Armitage as uh, Trevor Belmont. And both those guys were in The Hobbit. They both played dwarves, I mm-hmm. think. Um, oh, that's cool. Graham McTavish was Dwalin and... Uh, Armitage was Thorin. Thorin, yep. Thorin Oakenshield. Shield. It's like... Dwelling at your service, uh, dwelling at your service. Um, well, whoever did Godbrand, I don't like that guy. <laughs> uh, Peter Stormare, he's been a lot of. Uh, he's like a well-known actor. Yeah, no, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. And who was Alucard? I think that was James Callis who played um, Doctor Baltar from like the uh, 2000s Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched no, that one. No. <laughs> I've watched Battlestar Galactica from beginning to end with the extra episodes. I don't get why people love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Again, seen different it. Pod. Yeah, never seen different pod. Different pod. We'll argue about that later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speak about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, it, you know, we're talking about I have about a lot of friends saying. who love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like yeah. the Cylons. Like, who's a Cylon? Uh, oh, sorry. Getting back. Everybody's on. a Cylon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so say we all. That's, um, that's right. 
but no, we're talking about like how crappy the original voice acting was for the series and you're getting like these like really a caliber stars doing mm-hmm. the voice acting and it works i mean like i mean yeah. oh, okay with the exception of like yeah what you mentioned before read about the the valley girl stuff but like uh or valley what was what do they call it so valley. yeah you're you're from the east coast so east coast. um yeah, over here in good old sunny southern california we have um a kind of i guess it's a regional accent uh, the Valley Girl accent. Oh, yeah. okay, the yeah. whatever. Oh my yeah, god! It's kind yeah, of a I, ditzy I, <laughs> cell phone. You recognize it when you hear it. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. worked with a lot of people who talked like that in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go up to my cashier and be like, "Okay, you cannot ask people what they want by saying <laughs> like OMG. What do you want to order? Mm-hmm. You can't say that here. Okay, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's off-putting to literally everybody. Um, okay, let's move on. Castlevania yeah, right. Netflix. Great, great, great question uh, on that. Yeah, it obviously spurred a little bit of a dialogue. Yes, and uh, like I mentioned before, it's always most interesting when I disagree with people. Uh, When people disagree, it's most interesting because if we're just like, yes, see other points of view. Yes, exactly. So we can hash those out. But it's one of those. It's one of those series that I totally concede of not seeing the whole thing. If Mm -hmm. anime and uh, you know whatever, if the series is your thing, then. That's cool. Legit. Um, that doesn't mean I have to like it. This is from the Gorondorf on Twitter. By this point, I think everyone knows how much I love this game. But now I have to ask the big question. What is your favorite chair in the game? <laughs> I love this question. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I was like, oh, I that's a this. great question. So oh, I have no idea because I can't think of a single chair in this game. Really? No. It's got to be the one where you go to the confessional. Um, is this really they, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a serious question? Like, are there chairs? You, you can game? sit in chair. You can sit in almost any chair that's around. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you sit in the confessional, I think a little ghost priest comes up, and I think you get stabbed. stabbed yeah. yeah. Then it, a ghost priest comes up and starts like going there, and then a spear comes through and stabs you, and you get injured from it. Wow. I'm like, oh, what an a hole. Wow. Yeah. And it, I think it has its own music. It's like the boom, boom, boom. Like it's like I didn't even know that. Wow. Like, yeah, it's like this gong kind this of. This chair has sound. its own music. <laughs> wow. I um, yeah. The only chair so I could be think of ambitious. was what the librarian sat in. I was like, I don't sit in that, so I don't care. Uh, uh, you can sit in chairs, and there's really no point to it until that one. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna sit in this chair. I'll sit in this chair. Oh, I got stabbed. Yeah, and then that's why. Why I am will I sitting in never chairs? Never sit in another chair again. Yeah, yeah. Literally so true. After I that, I was like. Screw these chairs. Yeah. I'm never sitting like, in whatever. If you again. see Alucard now, his legs are like the size of tree trunks because he just uses them constantly. <laughs> right, right, he doesn't right, sit right. anymore. So his butt has atrophied, but his legs are like super muscular. It's true. cool. I'll stay. Yeah, true yeah. story. True story. Um, do you guys have you guys a favorite took... chair, though? <laughs> that was my one. That was your one? Okay, chair. what do you yeah. got, Eros? <laughs> Uh, well, I think you guys already uh, brought up the the two big ones, but um, you know, I guess as far as imagery goes, you can't uh, top Dracula's chair. Just like him sitting there, cross legged, oh, yeah. drinking a wine glass, like that. If you're gonna name any scene from the game that has more, um, more, yeah, I cut. You know, more uh, more epicness. It's gonna be the, uh, the the Dracula scene where he's like sitting in the chair, and then I think. Uh, later on, it's like Richter Belmont sitting in that chair, so it was a nice yes. kind of parallel. So it's it's a very plot related chair, you know. Also, and if I'm not cr- if I'm not mistaken, Dracula's final form, like where he goes, like behold my true form and despair. <laughs> Is he sitting like in the middle of that big like you know the two giant monster hands? It almost looks like he's kind of sitting. <laughs> I can't mm. tell. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Hey, the Same lazy monster, lazy final form. <laughs> Come on, get up and fight me, dude. Yeah, do you think Dracula actually has to go and get the mail? Like, you know, has to go all the way out through the castle? Just I would hope one of his bats gets that for him. Yeah, I was wondering when he throws down his wine glass and, and breaks it. Like, let's say he killed you and, and wins the battle. How far does yeah. he have to walk to go get another wine glass if we want to? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, the 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 kitchen, the scullery seems pretty yeah. far away. He's like, ah, it's like a fifteen. Oh, Richter walk. kills him. It's like Die Hard, where like he gets it like all like he steps on the glass, walking out yeah. like John McClane. Yeah. Yeah. Ow, yeah. Ow, 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 ow. All right. This is from Gamified Dad on Twitter, who said, "I owned this game on PS One probably a year before I owned the system itself. No regrets." It was an added treat that you could put this game in a CD player and listen to the musical tracks. That was cool. Mm. Couple. Of... I like that a lot of, about a lot of PS1 yeah. games, like uh, Ridge Racer. I used to put that in my, I play that in my car as I was driving. They around. should was still like, do that. Cool. Like if yeah, you wanted to listen to like you know, the Horizon Zero Dawn soundtrack, just pop it in. Well, who has a CD player? There's a thing. Lunar <laughs> I have one in my car. Yeah, I don't. I'm, it just dawned. I don't me. have one in my house like, though. Oh no, I do have one. Okay, I've got one here. I have one. I think it's called my Xbox. Does Xbox even play music? <laughs> I don't know. Anymore? Wait, I like so. what does? Play? They used to have the visualizer on like the PS One. You'd put in the audio CD and you could watch the little visualizer thing. It's gonna get to the watch the PS Five can't play DVDs or something like that. It's gonna get to that <laughs> yeah, point. And it was like, what Bring back data. it just spits it out. <laughs> get this crap out of my mouth. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is from Nintendo 64 is there a way to play Symphony of the Night other than on the PlayStation do you know of uh-huh. any good emulators or anything been wanting to play it but can by no means fork over 80 bucks for the original retro game no no expensive. we've yeah, talked yeah, yeah. about that yeah the Xbox has it on Xbox Arcade uh, it is in uh, the PS4 has Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night together that's a newer one um, it is on PSP uh, and apparently better on PSP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to get like a PSP now just to play. Yeah, just to play it, right? <laughs> I think you can Seriously. get it on PS, uh, the PS3 through PS, the PlayStation Network. It's on like the PlayStation 1 oh, the store, Classics. Huh? And oh, okay. I think it's only 10 bucks, so definitely preferable than, yeah, trying to fork over 80 bucks for the original. <laughs> I'm going to get that. Yeah, now. I would love to have yeah. the original. I actually might still have it in storage somewhere in, a, in just like one of my CD book sleeves. Well, where's your but... storage at? Uh, Northridge. Drive down there right now and like ransack it. Oh yeah. Oh, I have to get all my like I have two NES systems and all my cartridges because I got my emulator because I don't have the space for it uh-huh. in my apartment. So I got my emulator so I can play all the games, but I still I'm a hoarder and I want to collect all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now As you, you saw, I just finally got Chrono Trigger back. Oh yeah, oh, yes. Congratulations. Thank you on that pickup. Oh. That's the big oh. one. That was that was that was the main reason I got it. Yeah. Also having Mega Man X and other stuff. So oh. yeah, uh, Mega Man X. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this yeah. is from 16-Bit Dad Blog. A truly brilliant change in overall direction for a franchise. Did you finish it 100 or 200%? Uh, I think that yeah, all of us have done the Inverted Castle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, do you think this style of gameplay formula works well in the modern world? For example, with Bloodstained, or do you think modern practices overshadow the Metroidvania RPG? Is there room for Metroidvania today? Uh, yes, Hollow Knight 100%. is a specific yeah. example of how well that that still action platformers still can totally work, yeah. and that is still has kind of a lack of story. It's very it's a light story. It's kind of more of a suggested storyline. Uh, and Bloodstained is literally super fans of Symphony of the Night that wanted to recreate the exact same game with new artwork. Uh, they did the same thing with every different area has its own musical track. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the female protagonist, they have the same thing about switching weapons, but they elaborate on that when you pick 
the hand to hand, you could do different moves and stuff like that. Uh, so I think it, I think it completely works. Uh, yeah, hundred. Yeah, I mean, two hundred percent. Similar to how like Chrono Trigger is still fresh today, you know, as it was back in '95. Like Symphony of the Night is definitely transcends time. Like you know, you could. I agree. Anyone who plays it, it'll be just as fresh. And the two D style ages a lot better than the 3d one like i could play <laughs> yeah it's absolutely accurate <laughs> very <laughs> like, true. uh well we already talked about 64 um but there was also lament of innocence which kind of went into the 3d format and even that was kind of it was okay but it was still pretty clunky and you know it and wasn't Lord's like shadow is eesh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. no god of war you know it wasn't as polished that's true as god yeah. Of war, yeah yeah i think that uh indies is probably the realm where metroidvanias thrive the most um yeah, you don't agreed. see too many like triple there's not triple a's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no yeah but, uh, like, but Axiom... to go back to his oh no go ahead oh, go, go ahead. ahead oh i was just gonna say to go back to his 200 percent uh question yes i did the inverted castle and there's an achievement on the xbox one to get 204 percent 200.4 percent or something like that because you have to like break through a little secret area and whatnot so there you go yes. 204 i was gonna name drop oh 200.4 <laughs> Yes. Okay, yes. just to be <laughs> 200.49567. Yes, thank you for getting specific. <laughs> that was a good Important. Like, breakable wall there. Um, yeah. uh, but it also, the 100 to 200%, I think I talked about the ending, how it's a little different. But even in the inverted castle, uh, there's a difference in two different endings, depending on if you can get the full 200%. Um, you know, quasi, you know, well, no, full blown. Oh, yeah. The, it, what Marie Renard, uh, what her actions are at the end. Yeah. When you go out. Yeah. If you don't finish enough of the castle, she chases back after you goes, Alucard, come back. And yeah. if you do finish enough, she goes, All right, see ya. Okay, Victor, let's go off to the sunset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so there, gonna, there yeah. is a reward to that, definitely. Yeah. I was going to name drop uh, Axiom Verge, is uh, a modern uh, Metroidvania that, that was done real oh, yeah. well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Any. I have not played that game. Ah, uh, very, very good one, sir. Um, another one that I played somewhat recently, or in recent memory at least, is uh, Steam World Dig Two. Um, has some Metroid. I've heard about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of there's a lot of modern indies that um, you know you can enjoy uh, that have Metroidvania elements or are Metroidvanias in themselves. Uh, Dead Cell was released not too oh, long Dead ago. Cells is fun. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, Time Spinner came out Celeste. recently. Celeste. Um, mm-hmm. Even like, uh, there, did you guys hear about, you know, the, you had the the crappy Mummy movie that came out like last year with Tom Cruise. Oh, but, the Tom Cruise one? Huh. But there Brandon was Fraser a, was better. Yeah, there was a video <laughs> game adaptation of it that actually was pretty well done and it was done in the metroidvania style you play as like some random agent guy with like a machine gun but you're like doing the metroidvania maps where you're just going yeah you're going to like probably better than the movie yeah yeah that's what everyone was saying so i guess (laughs) a crappy movie can actually produce a really great game and it's like it was the metroidvania (laughs) style that's that that's probably how they pulled it off oh yeah licensed games miss those Red, would you say uh, Batman Arkham Asylum is to a degree Metroidvania style? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I think so. Uh, it's got some elements, uh, like as far as progression being um, associated with item acquisition, uh, mm-hmm. backtracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, less so once they opened up uh, the open worlds in the future right, games. Right. 
Um, but Asylum, yeah, wonderfully cla claustrophobic for that reason. <laughs> um, so we'll close out with this is a final word from SuperDonk01. This game is absolutely brilliant. When it came out, the Castlevania franchise was all but dead. It revitalized the entire franchise. I am H.O. Uh, yeah. I concur. Great. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I don't know if it was dead. It was just stagnant. Yeah. Uh, but this came out, like yeah. I said, with almost no advertisement, but word of mouth like mm. built its momentum over the years, mm. and it's it's still become iconic for the entire series. It's hard and, to imagine uh, what the series would have been without Symphony of the Night. Mm -hmm. I agree there. Yeah. Yeah, because if it went straight to Castlevania 64, I think people would have been like... <laughs> that would have killed the series, oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. Like, Finally on the coffin. Yeah. Here we yes. would be like 20 years later... Talking about, you guys remember Castlevania? Oh, yeah. man, that thing was crap. Yeah. Super <laughs> Castlevania 4 for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you have those like those odd nerds that are just like, you know what? Super Castlevania 4 is one of the greatest games ever made, you guys. And I, I can prove it with work. my subjective feelings. I feel that it's, you know, and go on. Extending my arm and making my whip move like an extension of my body is super. <laughs> I always play as... I always play as a girl with the magic orbs, and I can just track a monster like that, so I don't even need to play. <laughs> the best part about that that voice that we all just did is that... Uh, Eek the cat? Yeah. Yes. Well, hey. The sideways lisp. Hey, there you go. It never nice hurts I see you're a man of culture. <laughs> you're so Eek <laughs> so, the cat. Uh, oh, yes, sir. Um, Hey, mister, you're Fisher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, I gleek every once in a while. If, if oh, you don't no. know what that is, then look it up, kids. Uh, so, That's yeah, right. that is my voice every once in a while. I'll... There's been a spike in the word gleek on Google. Yeah. If, <laughs> if, uh, if I'm ever talking to a smart person, uh, somehow the universe guarantees that I will sound like the biggest nerd in the world. So, or like my I dad. Think we all get that. Yeah. yeah. You get introduced to somebody who you don't want to make like a bad impression with. And the first words that come out of your ma mouth is Batman is cool. And they're just like, okay. Mine is. Do you ever watch Eek the Cat? <laughs> <laughs> you have like an Eek the Cat shirt on. That's right. Oh, boy. Eek fan. So, gentlemen, where can our listeners find you? Uh, we'll start with you, Eros. Go ahead. Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at Eros Elric. You can also find me on Facebook, at Eros Elric Cosplay. Uh, you can, uh, if you, any of you play Final Fantasy XIV, you can find me on the Cactuar server, under Eros Ehrlich, <laughs> that was a typo on my part, but also the... Uh, got to roll with it. <laughs> Heavenistic Chaos is uh, my free company, so you can also find me there. Okay, and don't forget, too, listeners, that um, there's going to be the Extra Life um, campaign that Eros is doing, so there'll be a link for that in the podcast oh, yeah. description. And Thank you so much, Red. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, and Sanity, where up, how about you? Uh, I basically live on Twitter. Uh, so you can always find me there. Uh, it's at Sanity Crypto. Uh, you'll see me post some stuff about Bitcoin and a lot about games. And some uh, amazing but... gifts. And, um, like yeah, that one time I... that you made me Falcor the Luck Dragon. <laughs> yes. I, put, I put Retro Game Brews yes. on as Atreyu riding you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I do like to make gifts of my friends. Oh, that my is one goodness. of my... One of my extracurricular activities. We need a link to that. Uh, we need a link to that. Okay, the I, I'll definitely. Yeah. Gifts are never happened. That. that is one of the um, best gifts I've ever seen in my life. 
I had a lot of fun yeah, making that one. Uh, so yeah, you can also find me on Instagram. I'm less active there, but then you can also catch my pa- podcast uh, at Coin Boys. Uh, we the Coin Boys podcast, where uh, and also uh, I'd have to talk about. I know Extra Life is an amazing cause, but our producer for the Coin Boys uh, at producer, by the way, is working for Stand Up to Cancer. Oh, and he's working for their gaming right. division, so he's actually working with Retro Game Brews that uh, the next stream, I believe, is going to be uh, working for the Stand Up to Cancer uh, charity as well. Very I cool. love it so, that video games are becoming more, you know, in the philanthropic fields for fundraising. Yeah. I love yeah. that. We can play video games to help save yeah. lives. I think that's amazing. Charity. Yeah. We're going to be getting into the season of charity pretty soon here. Christmas in a couple months. Yeah. Man, it's, exactly. yeah, it's, it's the time of year to start thinking about other people. I mean, you should always be thinking about other people, um, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, habitually definitely. it's impossible because you wake up and your first thought is, "I'm hungry," or "I gotta use the bathroom." So your first thought is yourself. <laughs> but you gotta, yeah, training yourself to think about other people. A number stuff. one, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at me. <laughs> Come on, all this, <laughs> oh, all this. <laughs> Did you go? Okay, Netflix sculpted Hawaii. <laughs> they used to call me King Hippo. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. No, I made that. I was on Captain N the game master. Yes, yeah. Punch out. Um, shoot, what the heck was I gonna say? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's all right. Uh, I don't know. King Hippo threw me. King off Hippo too. threw me way <laughs> off, way off. Oh, Netflix. Did you guys watch the Invader Zim enter the Florpus? Yes, that I was so. That good. was amazing. I was okay. Oh. Maybe I have a one-year-old. All I watch is Mother. Yeah, Goose that's Club. true. I know. I huh. yeah. I feel your pain, especially in a, yeah, especially in a small uh, environment. But uh, exactly. Yeah, enter the Florpus. If you were a fan of the original show, uh, I I cried <laughs> watching it because it was so funny. Oh, yeah. There was the. Uh, uh, did you watch the Rocco's Modern Life? I haven't uh, seen it yet. Movie no. that came out. That one was oh, really good. Must. I haven't seen it. Um, there's that. a lot that oh, I I'm haven't a wild seen. pig. Well, look at me. I'm still catching up on Stranger Things. What do you guys oh, want yeah, from true. me? Like that's. I gotta finish season three. So season three is great. In, in season three, there's some strange things that happen. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, God, Spoilers. oh, now I'm not gonna yeah. watch it. Well, gentlemen, I think that. Hey, thank you. We've gone long. Hey, you know what? Long. Wait, I was blown away. Somebody commented on, uh, I think it was Absolute Katie, on uh, the Zelda 2 podcast. It was just like, it wasn't long enough. I was like, are you joking me? The podcast is like two hours. I told her my, my butt gauge is, is what I use to determine how long a podcast is going. My butt starts hurting from sitting for so long, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's, we need it wrapped up. Soggy bottom. Well, know. ladies and gentlemen, my butt's telling me we'll see you next that week. That is a 10 on the butt gauge. See you next week. Uh, but to sign off, I think what we should do is do our best evil laugh in the spirit of, of Dracula and, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And we'll just fade that out beautifully. Maybe I'll put in some lightning bolts or something. And uh, and that'll be that. Okay. okay. You're right. like, okay, my wife is okay. here. Okay, but sure. <laughs> okay, I'm going to count to three. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going to count. I got excited. Count. Like, Sorry, oh, count. Okay, one. I'm a premature evil laugh. That's all right. One, two, three. <laughs> well, that's it for Magecast. The spell is wearing off. But stick around for a promo about another show I'd know you'd just love. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, and share this episode to help us reach a wider audience. 
If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us and our vision for the future of civil gaming conversations with a monthly pledge of any amount at patreon.com forward slash the well-read mage. This episode may be over, but the legend will live on. Passed down by the dwarves, the elves, and the dragons. Hey, stranger. Buy me a drink and I'll tell you a secret. <sighs> Thank you. Now, about that secret. If it's video game and video game music discussion you're after... Seek out the Little Fella Media Network at buzzsprout.com. Legend has it that there is a podcast there, hosted by a skeleton, known as the ABXY Mage, from thewellreadmage.com. Go, see for yourself. It's called Side Quests, and it's about video games and video game music. And if you are leaving now, take me with you. <laughs>